Welcome to Direct Off, the podcast where we take two directors and put them face to face. My name is Drew Mick. I'm Brock Landers. <laughs> and I'm Dan Ackerman. Well, uh, uh, well, maybe, I guess, Pat, you kind of gave it away a little bit. It, maybe, maybe only the cultural, uh, really, the people, the diehard fans of, uh, the director we're doing would, would understand that reference. Um, this is someone near and dear to your heart, Patrick. Um, it's of course, we're doing the director, Michael Bay. Yes. We're doing a, three Michael Bay movies and, um, and, uh, yeah, so I'll start. Transformers 1 is what I think. They're all Transformers. <laughs> it's all, all three Transformers. Transformers. One. Actually, no, you First could do, like, all... Pearl Harbor in there, right? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, we could do other shitty movies. Just an hour, two hours and 20 minutes of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. Gosh. Uh, one of these days we will. One of these days. Um, no, I'm sorry, Pat. Uh, why don't you tell us who we are doing here? We are doing P- Paul Thomas Anderson. And we picked, uh, we each picked three movies, um... I chose well, the no, we, Master. We each picked one movie. Oh yeah, we each picked one movie. I chose uh the Master. Tanner chose There Will Be Blood and or no, Tanner chose Boogie Nights and Drew chose There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Yes. And I uh, picked uh I'm there a... I was gonna say I picked There Will Be Blood because I thought I'd seen it before. No, I hadn't. <laughs> I hadn't. <laughs> I, I watched it's it. It's a and pretty I memorable think... movie. No, I, I had mixed it up with um uh No Country for Old Men. Dude, a yep. lot of people do that. Like it's, they're I think same they, year. Did they come out the yeah. same year? Yeah. And same kind year, of that filmed same in the desert. Desert period pieces, kinda. Maybe well, no control man isn't quite a period piece, but Well, I mean it takes place like maybe in the nineties. I don't know. I don't they remember. they filmed in the same same area of Texas because um in There Will Be Blood when the oil derrick catches on fire. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The that smoke ruined a shot in the Coen Brothers movies. Oh, seriously? So they, oh, really? Yeah, that's funny. yeah. They had to, they had to stop filming. So they were day. filming simultaneously, even. So yeah, I mean, there's that's... so many things that tie them together for being like completely. And that is films. completely why I mixed it up, and not because I'm a dumb idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, this was this was interesting. I think of the filmography, I hadn't seen any of them. So this was a, this was a real treat. Hold on, I gotta pull up the. As far as I'm aware, I had not Griffey, seen a single Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson film before, Tunks. which I've always considered a pretty big blind spot for me. Yeah, let's see. Yep, nope, not seen any of these. And Patrick, I, I assume you. I hadn't seen Boogie Nights prior to this, but I had oh, seen. Oh really? Um, Punch Drunk Love. There will be blood, the master, inherent vice, and phantom thread. But I haven't. I still haven't seen Magnolia. That's the one I haven't seen. Hmm. Was yeah. And yeah. I've now seen the three that we're doing, and those are the only ones I've seen. Of yeah. And now PTA. I have three PTA. Um. Yeah. No. So it was enjoyable. Yeah. Um. Did oh, we want to talk about the or? I had an idea for order, and it's kind of funny. Really? Yeah, I was gonna let you guys kind of pick whichever whichever well, ones you wanted to do. Here's, here's should we do it in release order? So that would be Boogie Nights '97, uh, There Will Be Blood '2007, and then oh god, when did the Master, the master come out? 12? I think it's 2012. 2012. So it'd be that order, which is quince. Oh no, that's not it. It's not quite reverse order of what I watched it in. But should we do it that way? We can do it that way. Yeah, that's that works for me. We can do it that way, or we can do it in chronological order of when they take place in terms of what year <laughs> they, the movie is set in. So, so that, I think that would the order I did watch them in actually. 
So that, that would... yeah, that's the order you both watched it in, which would yeah, because be... there will be blood, You're right? The yeah. master, and then Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. It's kind it's of like a... chronological order, and I assume they all take place in the same universe. Yeah, it's, it's we got a uh, Quentin Tarantino kind of thing. Like if you look at the yeah. newspaper, it mentions a character from the master. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, I, I think I, I just wanted to. Yeah, I'm fine either way. No, so, Pat, you're the tiebreaker. Yeah, you got to decide. Um, let's do it in. Let's do there will be blood. The Master and Boogie Nights, because Boogie Nights is probably the most fun one. So let's let's end on. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. That, yeah, I that, like that one. I would say. All right, I already forgot the order. What's the first one? Or we could. I. I no. I, uh, there will be blood. Okay, I'm I'm good with that because that is actually the order I watched it in. So. Mm-hmm. Same. So. I'll. Uh, I'm me. I'm curious. So I've seen this movie. Probably four or five times. Um. So I'm kind of curious, and I I I, pick, I try to pick directors that you guys haven't seen a ton of their stuff, mm-hmm. just because I it, I want to get other people's opinions on it um, that I know. So I'm curious as to what your guys' initial opinions on on the first watch of this movie because it's a pretty intense film. It is. Um... <laughs> uh, like of there will be blood, or like PTA as a. Uh, up there will be blood and then we can talk about pta as a whole when we're done i was really struck with how pivotal the soundtrack was really playing into what was being portrayed at least very well especially in the very beginning when really i don't think dialogue was said for it's it's like a silent film for like the first 15 minutes or so like and he doesn't sorry like when he fall when he falls into the um mind shaft he did i think mm. when he comes to you hear him saying like no 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 or something like that oh. but then it's it's silent again for at least 10 straight minutes it's unsettling kind of yeah it's, um it the music i feel like it has a lot of like swelling like uh orchestral like almost eerie like i was reminded of uh like a horror movie except like yeah he likes to hit that uh string note that a lot of horror movies do where it's like eh. Yeah, like just randomly in it, in uh, so I, I know we're gonna talk about Paul Thomas Anderson overall in general, but like he's a master of making me constantly feel uncomfortable and like un unease because like every scene I'm like, oh, something terrible is just gonna happen. Like that's every single scene I feel like yeah. that no matter what. And it was it, it, there will be blood for sure. It was very much like the music was kind of reflecting like Daniel Day Lewis would be like you could tell he was thinking about something because like. He wasn't saying anything, and then, like, the music was going off, and you're like, what the fuck's he thinking? He's going to do something batshit insane, I'd say. Oh, he's going to beat someone with a bowling pin? Cool. Cool. So this, <laughs> this cool. was Paul Thomas Anderson's first time collaborating with Johnny Greenwood, who did the score for that movie. Okay. He was also in uh, a little-known band called uh, Radiohead. Never heard oh. of it. So he he was the lead guitarist and keyboardist of of Radiohead, and so I didn't know that. And after that, he's worked with him on every movie. I believe was he in the master? Like he had it because it had the same weird like violin. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's why Boogie Nights was such a like oh hello yeah (laughs) kind of like legitimate soundtrack. I don't think he did Punch Drunk Love, but I could be wrong. I think There Will Be Blood was the first one. Interesting. Uh, yeah, the, the the music. I think in both in in my notes, I I definitely noted. I put the score as something that I was really like. It was really good, really yeah. good score. 
It's kind of um, like I've I've really noticed in doing this podcast, like you can get some relationships between uh, directors and uh, uh, the score. Uh, fuck the music, the the the, the composers. Composers, thank you. Like <laughs> uh, Zimmer and uh, Nolan, like and and how much they work together. That like they're they're each of the sound lends to the the style. They it's just kind of yeah. know what they want to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I think the first time I watched it, obviously the first thing I was struck by was just like, what a, my first note is Daniel Day-Lewis in all caps for this movie and just how, how unbelievable he is in this movie. It's, it's like yeah, legendary right. stuff. Like <laughs> so he's, it's I text wild. you guys while watching the movie and I was like, I don't know what Daniel Day-Lewis looks like. I just don't know. Because... <laughs> He just like becomes whatever character he is. And I'm like, so I'm like the reason I texted that is because like the opening scene with him and stuff. I'm like, is that is that Daniel Day Lewis or is this some character that doesn't fucking matter at all? Like I just don't know because I like he just becomes whoever he is so well that I was like, I don't know if this dude dies right away. And then Daniel Day Lewis shows up or something, which like that's true. Is, I yeah. guess a testament to how good he is. Okay, it's about oil. It's about getting rich. And I'm and based off of what I kind of have heard ever seen. I was thinking, yeah, he's going to be an oil mongol and it's going to be cutthroat and um, and like he'll do whatever it takes to. So, yeah, I was kind of expecting the same thing. He's going to come in and steal this guy's oil. But no, it's him. Took me a little bit to realize it was actually him, which is embarrassing. Okay, good. So I don't feel bad then that I, I, no. I recognize him right away. Yeah. He's, he's swole in the beginning of this movie. Yeah, I guess he maybe maybe his character had to be. So going I mean, on what you said, though, Drew, like I thought like so the final scene where he's like in the mansion with the bowling alley and stuff that's all like i really knew about the movie and i i thought he was like at that point where he was super rich and stuff for the majority of the film i thought it was about him being like a complete cutthroat asshole super rich dude from his like mansion doing this stuff and instead it's like at first i kind of like it's his origin story for the i'm rooting for the dude even yeah you kind of don't see the ruthlessness until after um the oil derricks explode and the whole thing with his son, right? Yeah. I'd and I guess... Uh, even I mean, then, still. He's not a great... I mean, his interactions with Paul Dano, the who's also really, really good in this movie. Oh, my the, God. Um, the pastor of the Church of the Third Revelation. Punchable face. Um, you but can yeah, tell that he great. he's not a great guy because he definitely doesn't care about Paul Dano at all. No. Uh, I don't care about... And, like, we'll give him the $5,000 and... It seemed like he was like anti-religious. Yeah, like I was getting like much. a vibe that this movie is supposed to be anti-religious a little bit, but like I don't it know. didn't focus on it. Kind of, but it was just like there in the background. He See, only did anything religiously because he felt he had to, like in order to get what he to, wanted to advance to. his goals yeah. for sure. Yeah, I didn't think that it was anti-religious necessarily. I just think, oh yeah, I mean yeah, it, it, I don't think it's not. It, Lewis is a religious man, but. It's a po- I think it was like a power thing. Like he saw that the church was the only thing other than his oil thing True. in the city that was providing value. And so like he was the only person who had a voice in the city besides I think of it, little Boston besides him. I think it goes against like his mindset to be like, I'm powerful because I'm rich. Like this is proven to be real for me and that I'm rich. And so he doesn't need religion. It's not anti-religion. It's just the guy does not feel like he needs religion, I would say. I don't know. No, he didn't. And he didn't until value, he needed religion he in order like to value. get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he he goes through that whole charade, um, which is, I think, maybe the best scene in the movie. 
the baptism paul yeah yeah when when he has to do that in order to get the the bandy tract that um right he needs for his his pipeline so he agrees to go get baptized that was some like some really incredible acting by daniel day lewis in that scene um i had a question for you guys and it's kind of a weird thought experiment on this movie like most movies have like a very clear like moral to the story and what i i it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint it on this one but i think if i like think it through it with you guys we could figure it out maybe patrick you have a genuine answer tanner do you have any like idea of what could be the moral of the story what was the point of this movie like what is it trying to tell us i think part of it was just like um trying to get as much power as you can it will end up consuming you and you'll be alone in that because that's very much what he is he's yeah. just alone in a giant mansion and his son leaves him well, yeah not even his son his and I, partner's son and i was thinking that he had like this weird mindset where he needed someone else and at first it was his son and then he ditched his son as soon as his brother came in yeah um oh, and that's then, true yeah and then his son came back in when he killed the turns out to be not his brother and then like he just ends up alone again so it's kind of like felt like there was this lesson I, in there about a family and how the man who's rich can't buy a family and he ends up losing it i thought it was just like like tanner said like it's a story about how Im- ambition and greed and capitalism can like like ruin your life and it, like, i mean that's what happens like he's he starts off as this ambitious hard-working oil man and then once he gets a little taste of success he becomes like more and more powerful and he just like can't ever stop like he didn't need to keep going but he just like couldn't do it like he could have sold his shares to the oil man in that one scene yeah oh can we talk oh, about and then that he scene? just held on yeah oh the bar <laughs> yeah when he oh, tells well, them that he's gonna cut their throat, yeah, where they're they're sitting there, and he goes, "I'm gonna slit your throat in your sleep." He's like, "Just out of fucking zero to one hundred. Where do you live, sir? I'm it's, going to come there, and I'm going to cut your throat." And I think with, <laughs> yeah, so good. I think with all three of these movie, it was um, dealing with three mentally unstable uh, protagonists. I would say. Like some, maybe oh, maybe the sure. least least so with uh, Boogie Nights, but oh, definitely a little bit. But definitely with the master yeah. in this one, like just people who are not quite there, and it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what's going on up there. The music, like we said, kind of helps us try to figure it out, and then of course the actions. But it's like it's it's very yeah. interesting. It's just like to me, it's just like a pretty linear. Like he comes from not very much gets everything that he wants and then dies alone because of his pursuit of like his pursuit of money and greed, like let him to live alone. There's an early scene after he first, they first get the oil and stuff. And after his partner gets killed when that thing falls in, which you like Drew said, the music told you like, Oh, someone's about to die. And then like, boom, dude's Mm -hmm. dead. And it was cause I was still all silent at that point. But then he's like giving a spiel to like a bunch of investors or something. Yeah. And they're like, well, why would we want to join you? And he like explains why, what the benefit is. And then they all start like talking at once. He just walks out. He's like, nah, I'm done with this. And they like try to get him to come back. And he's like, nope, I'm done with it. What is, what went on there? Why did, why was all of a sudden he just done? So you know how in like little Boston, he basically creates a town based off of that oil rig. And like he creates an economy and like, like people work. It. Like mm. he, he essentially like makes that city attractive for people to move and settle at yeah Mm -hmm. 
So I think the city was pitching, like they were like, we have oil, we want you to come and drill it so our city can prosper. And he was like, there's too much shit going on here, I'm not going to do it. And okay, so that's so it's, why it's he, more like how I, I think very much part of why he seemed anti-religious at least is he wanted to be the one in charge, the one that people came to, the one controlling everything, not the church or something else. That's yes. why like he just like had so much disdain for the the uh, pastor. Mm-hmm. And he just wants to buy all of the land, like he wants to own all of the land, like he doesn't yeah. want anyone else to. He wants to own the whole thing and allow people to live there. He doesn't want to like. That's why he wanted that. He went and got humiliated in the church because he's like, I need to own this land. Like, yeah. mm. I'll do anything to do it. And I think it's it's weirdly a movie that that can be rewatched. Uh, yeah, I in my notes uh, with the church, I put uh, I think what a church used to be Buck Wild back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, boom, just smacking the smacks him across the face. It's it's funny in that scene like he get he gets smacked the first time and you see he's like he's like oh this guy smacked me it's kind of he's like oh okay this is kind of amusing and then he gets hit again he's like okay and then, <laughs> yeah and then but then there's that one it. moment where he like does actually break down where he's like when he's like I abandoned my boy and he like he, he like actually shows remorse and like feels bad about it mm-hmm. and it, it's just really good stuff by Daniel Day Lewis real power move by his son just lighting the place on fire too it's a bold move. Uh, do you think Daniel Day-Lewis is so method that he would insist they actually slap him? I don't know. It's something that um, could be a thing. I think so. I would think so. Like, I would believe those yeah, are 100% I, I, real slaps. Yeah. Yeah. The it, the only reason I wouldn't is because in another podcast I listened to, there was a director on it. It was a rewatchables for The Godfather 2. And okay. they asked if in a, in a scene in The Godfather, if they really hit the person. And the director was like, no, actors are really careful about that stuff because, like... You can get a lot, like it could like mess everything up. This isn't like, your regular actor, Patrick. This yeah, is Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Day Lewis. fucking Lewis. I I honestly think that he would have like been there what? Paul what was the crazy him. thing he did for this film? Like, was, oh yeah, what, what was his that? Prep? that was crazy. Uh, I mean, he read like every book about becoming an oil man that you could possibly read. He I also uh, he didn't leave character for the whole movie. I think he actually lived like in a hut. Yeah, that's that's the type like of shit that, yeah. I was asking because like I, yeah. he does that stuff and it's just insane. I loved his accent. Like you saying "oil man," I heard it. It kind of like I remembered it in his voice. I, I, I yeah, I he was, was very good at that. And whenever he was doing his salesman pitch in his voice with that, and like he he would always lean slightly forward and talk with his hands and have that little rasp in his voice it was yeah. really good. And his it's his al- relationship with his son was really weird. I almost feel like he just used him as. A prop. A, a prop. Oh, absolutely. To get, to get the people, because he was like, I'm a family man. This is my son, HW. And wow. And it's like, he doesn't, he doesn't give a shit about his family man. Patrick, like, yes. No, more. Dude, you, you got it. I, I can't, <laughs> I'm a family man. <laughs> no, that was perfect. Yeah. That was good. No, that was good. I heard it. Um, no, absolutely a prop. Um, and then once, I don't, I don't know. Like, he was a prop, but then, like, he became worthless to him. So he kind of yes. ditched him. He, like, sent him off to that school, and, like, he just, like, was like, I'm going to go check the conductor, and then just, like, didn't get back on the train, and his handler guy oh, handled it. That guy. But he, he literally just, like, abandoned his son. That like, guy's name is... Yeah, uh, that Syrian Hines. Syrian Hines. Yeah, he was... Mm-hmm. I've only... He's in some stuff. He's only, He was in Game of Thrones. That's kind of how I know. Like, I, all these people are... playing Game of Thrones? He was Mance Raider. He was the king beyond the wall. 
and they end up oh yeah. no spoilies sorry and also he was in uh ghostwriter i'm pretty sure so that's how he's on my radar hold on i'm gonna pull up his uh the old filmography of syrian Hines. he's here. got it i think he was in ghostwriter 2 uh or ghostwriter 1 i don't remember i think he played the devil he's in a bunch of movies no wasn't that uh a... oh, oh you know he was a... in munich he's in munich and yeah. he's in miami vice he's uh the fbi guy oh i miami huh. vice has too many characters and they don't <laughs> take any time on any of them you guys need to watch it more no <laughs> i don't really don't. watch it 20 times and you'll like it you just keep watching it You're the um worst. Yeah, no, he that, yeah, he was in Munich. He was in Game of Thrones. Uh, like kind of along that uh, vein. Uh, Paul Dino, that's his name. Dino. Which which guy? Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Dano. Um, yep. He has only been on my radar recently because he was cast in the new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. He's uh, he's the, gonna play Penguin. Riddler. No, or maybe no, he is he's playing the Riddler. He's he is the Riddler. Riddler you're, you're Colin right. Farrell's the Penguin. Uh, oh, lately. So yep. then I saw him and I was like, oh, this is that guy that was casting the Batman. We're going on a journey with my like filmography and like watching movies and like because Lexi, my fiance, knew of him because he was in some show that was famous. Paul that... Dano, it, uh, did she watch that one um, about the guys who escaped the prison that bit prison break? Did? Prison break? No, not prison break. It was the uh, escape from Danamora about those. You remember those two Maybe. prisoners that escaped in upstate New York? A couple nope. of years ago. It's yeah, a big I deal. No. Nope. I, it doesn't sound like something she'd watch. I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll ask uh, her later and I'll text you guys, but it's not important. Um, I had um, another thought, and it was kind of going along with like his disdain for religion. Like We were talking about his sales pitch and his actions and whatnot, and like some of it kind of s- struck me as uh, gospel-y, like the way he was presenting himself, almost like it was a sermon. So Yeah, I mean... He, he comes I, in I and he's, he, he presents himself as the savior of the town. Yeah, yeah, he really just wants to be the guy, the dude in charge, the one with the power. Like, I mean, there's even the point where he just like he he grabs a little girl and is like, "Hey, oh yeah," um, in front of her dad, which I didn't realize till it, which Paul Thomas Anderson crush like turns the camera and you see the dad is like, "Hey, your dad's not hitting you anymore, right? No more hitting, right? You glad I came?" And then just like doesn't even look at the dude. Yeah. And you see the dad just kind of like look the dad's just right and there. Just like what a fucking power move. So like points like that, I was really and, rooting for him. And even in that one part, there's that part where um, Paul Dano's character comes up and he says, "I'd like you to introduce yes. me, and then I will bless the well." And he just like looks at Paul Dano and just doesn't introduce him, and he does it himself. And he does He's a play like, on the words himself when introducing yes. the girl or something like that. Yeah, yeah. he like fucking power move asserts yes. his dominance and. He's always just trying yeah. to, like, show that he's the man, big man in town. Maybe this is my own personal bias, but I was, like, rooting for him at that point. Because I'm like, fuck this pastor, dude. He's so slimy and, like, ratty. I, think, I fucking I could not stand him. I think we're supposed to be feeling that, though, right? Like, at this point, yeah, of the people that we've been seeing, he's the guy to root for. And then so it becomes crazy. clear that he is a terrible, not, not terrible a great person. guy. The only well, the good person like, in this is the son. Like that's it. They're, they're, yeah. they're very casual about his alcoholism because that first night when they celebrate it, then it's just like him passed out on the floor. Mm-hmm. The door opens and the light shines in on him, which is such a dope shot, by the way. Yeah. And then they yeah. wake him up and like, hey, someone died, and he's like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Who? Um, another character I want to talk about is the 
stepbrother or not stepbrother half brother his his fake brother his fake, fake brother. brother who he introduces himself as a half brother and the first thing i want to yep. say about him is that i was like this guy looks super familiar and um you guys know i'm the biggest fan of the mummy i love the mummy so much and he plays a character <laughs> named betty in that movie Betty's <laughs> a piece of shit in the mummy. betty is a piece of shit and i love it so that dude did look familiar to me too what, what else was he in i never looked at that uh, what's that guy's name he's, he's in the master who's oh, in the master right. oh fuck but I watched The Master after this, so that's not when I was like being like, this dude looks familiar. He's the guy that uh, um, Joaquin Phoenix beats up out in the streets after he said he doesn't like the second book. Oh. Oh. You're right. Is, yeah. Huh. He, he's huh. the owner of the house that they go to in New York, too. Um, but yeah, I, what did you guys think of the whole brother subplot? I think it only served as a means to really nail down to us that... Um, this guy is very has this weird need that doesn't really manifest until now that he needs like someone he needs some other person that is like he is close to like he needs some familial tie of some sort like he needs some sort of partnership see i had a i had a different thought i I think the whole whole point of that was it, it gave him the showcase where they were sitting out in on the porch drinking that late night and he was like, I don't much like people. Like, I have a competition <laughs> mm. in me. And I don't want to see anyone else succeed. It was like a yeah, moment okay, for him to true. showcase, showcase that. He really spells and, that out. And that was him like letting his like guard down and like talking to yeah. someone. This and is not stuff that because... he would talk to his son about. Maybe yeah, eventually. It, I, and I think like like I, there is a there is – it is true that I think he was quick to like let him in. And make like go with him on big super quick, trips. Seemed, like, especially because the big dude, his enforcer dude, just said, like he straight up goes, "Are you taking him with you to meet the oil execs or to Union Pacific or whoever it was?" And yeah. he just he just like doesn't answer him, and then they're just like riding yeah. horses on, and it's like clearly he's with him. I had a... and then that oh, go. I was just gonna say, and then like when they get to the ocean, that whole that whole sequence the where they're scene. swimming in the ocean is really, really, really good. Oh yeah. my um, god! Yeah, it's just it's just. One thing that I, the thing I I noticed immediately in all three of these movies is just how well they're shot, how good they look. Um, he's just a master with the camera. Um, but the, that's something I want to I talk like, about too. I like the part where um, he like asks them the question about that house in Fond du Lac, and he clearly <laughs> has no idea what he's talking about. And then that's when he like realizes that he's. He's not his brother. I have Yeah, and then like he just like sits there and like it gets like real angry. Yeah. And on the beach and it's just like the the shot just stays on him for such an uncomfortably long amount of time. Mm-hmm. Really effective. I had uh two questions about him. One, um what was it that clued Daniel Day-Lewis into like thinking he should ask him? Was it just this growing sense of like this guy is only asking for money from me, it's... so I should like test him? Well, or was there the something? I think when they were at the beach like, because he had finally successfully gotten his pipeline to the ocean. So he was, like, relieved and happy about that. And he was just, like, talking and celebrating with his brother. And he's like, I always wanted to buy this house that I saw in Fond du Lac. Do you remember the house? And then he started describing the house. And it was clearly something from oh. his memory that they had they had been to a bunch of times as kids. Yeah. And he just had, like, no idea what he was talking about. And that's when he was, like... And then he asked And then he more straight questions. up asks him. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's, like... It took me a minute to gather what was happening because that's like, like I said, it just stays on him like really angry on the beach all of a sudden. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why is he so mad? And then I started to piece together. I'm like, 
oh, the dude wasn't, like, responding the way he thought he should to, like, what he was referencing, and then wakes him up in his sleep and holds a gun to his head and tells him to start naming shit. Yeah, and then kills him. Um, And then the other question I had was, right away when they introduced this guy, did you believe him? Like, did you did, did you believe that he was the brother? I did not. Yeah, I, was, I did, for sure. I was like, yeah, that makes sense that family would come looking for you when you start making money. I, I saw yeah, I that, but I immediately who... saw how, like, it would be easy for someone to just make this up and lie about well, they, it. They looked like people who could be brothers to me. Like, they looked similar enough. That's, yeah. I guess, what did it for me. It was, I don't remember what I thought the first time. When did you see this, Patrick? I saw it in, like, high school, so I don't think the first time I watched it, I was... So you must have seen this when it first came out. This came out in 2007, you did, right? yeah. Yeah, I think I did. So, uh, I know I did. So yeah. I remember you told me to watch it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Did not yeah. do that. Yeah, I, I just, I think the thing I <laughs> Here remember we are. most from... We finally saw it for you, Pat. <laughs> from when I saw it... <laughs> thank you. From when I saw it the first time is I, I knew what I was seeing was... A, like I was like, I know that this is a really, really good movie, and I know that Paul Thomas Anderson is un- or Daniel Day Lewis is unbelievable. And, and then as I've watched it more times, it's like I think this is a like a, a modern masterpiece. And that that kind of leads me to my next question: is like, if you look at the top films of the 21st century, a lot of people will put this movie as like number one. Mm-hmm. Like New York Times just released uh, a a list of the the best films of the we're in the 21st century right <laughs> yeah yes yeah, yeah okay yeah. Uh, no i know that's and, weird to and, think about and, <laughs> and they listed they listed it as number one and so i was just curious as as to like when you watched it did you feel like you were watching something like the godfather or or something that memorable that's a good question i mean i definitely like i mean, i text you pat with about an hour left in the movie and I was like, I have no idea why I'm enthralled by this. Because, like, the plot is this dude just doing his, like, he's living his life, essentially. Like, this is what I gotta do. Do this next. This is what I'm doing next. But, like, the the way it's shot and the way it's acted, like, I super, like, cared about every single thing happening. Like, way more than I should have if you would have read the plot to me. So, I mean, I knew it was, like, something special for sure. But Yeah, I think that I, I recognize the craftsmanship at work right away. And I was like, this is really, really good. And as I've watched it more, it's grown. Like, it's like, I don't know if it's the best movie I've ever seen, but it's like, if someone says that, I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, it's it's a really, really good movie. Um, and it's like probably on the short list of the greatest performances on screen of all time. Yeah, Dan- Daniel Lee Lewis absolutely deserved to win best actor did he win it for that mm-hmm. okay good that he did win it for this one yep he did uh, um what did i think i i could tell when i was watching it that i was watching something special feels like a weird word to use but like it was i don't think it's a weird thing to or way to describe it though i, I think that's it's what something I was too it's it's definitely something pivotal i was like watching i was just like i could see this is very stylistic this is very shot wonderfully um this came out in 2007 yeah i i without like until you ask that question it's not something i considered but i do think in watching it yeah i think my feelings were like paul thomas anderson did every single thing he wanted to in that movie like i don't think he compromised on one single thing yeah 
Yeah, it was. I think it is what it was. One hundred percent his vision. Um, but, and is that? I think he got that leverage because of how well received Punch Drunk Love was, which is a weird thing to say, but uh, that's a movie he did starring Adam Sandler. Yeah, I've never seen that. Really, I did not know that. It's it's, it's quite good. Um, as are all of his movies, but yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's the best movie I've ever seen, but it's definitely like, like I know when I'm watching that this is like a movie that 50 years from now people will be talking about. It'll be held in regard like Apocalypse Now or, um, yeah, I can see that. The, yeah. the shot when the oil is all on fire shooting up and it's just like the the camera like going with him as he's like running back into the building, then running back out and stuff yep. like. That's king shit. That was so dope. He's everything yeah, so about that was amazing. Because all very, the people had to be like doing it simultaneously. All the people running by and everything. Yeah, and he's very good he's, at like with his shots. Like he doesn't need to show what he's doing inside the building. He'll just stay out here and wait for the guy to come yeah. back. That happened in the master too. He was in front of a mirror and he did something and he walked out. Or well, I, it was in the master somewhere. Like he walked out of a room and then came back in. I don't know. It's. It's a very different way of filming. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something where it's like, okay, I know something's different here, and this looks really cool for some reason, but I can't quite pinpoint it. But yeah, it's stuff like that, Drew, where like, he does, he's not afraid to let the people just be outside the shot for a second and then back in, and yeah. just to keep it continuous. And he loves like way just having the, moving the parts everywhere, where everyone has to be hitting their spot right at the right time with one single shot, which like, that shit, the shit's on fire. inject that to my veins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we haven't even really talked about the... The famous, the ending, the ending. I he, drink your milkshake. He, I, the I drink your milkshake. I was know, like, the milkshakes were drainage! around back then. <laughs> you know, he just starts screaming like a lunatic at Paul Dano, like over and over again. Uh, what did you guys think about the ending? It was the perfect ending for the what I had just seen, I would say. Like, it, like there was no way it. this was going to end happy at all. It was going to end with him just fucking sad and depressed and murdering I, I love that he was just... So drunk, he passed out on his bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect spot to sleep. Also, he set up his own little fucking gun range in his hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Just real, real crazy rich people. Just a, just a grumpy on. bastard. And the, the final line, though, is just so fucking like... I'm finished. And then credits. Yes. Yep. So good. Uh, yeah, I just love that whole scene because he gets his revenge on Paul Dano because he makes yeah. him say he's a false prophet. Yeah, that um, shit's hardcore. And just the, I mean, the whole, uh, and then like he finishes and he goes, uh, there's no more oil. I've already got that oil. Yeah, I've, once he's I've done. Already, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's already just, got it. Already. <laughs> yeah, I already got it. And then he just like wants him to fucking, he only did that just so then he could make him just like grovel. I, I think he wanted to humiliate him in the same yeah. way the baptism made him. It was it was yeah. however many years later and he still hadn't forgotten that that moment. It was like eleven. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could tell student like when he was just glaring from inside the train station the whole time when he was leaving for his mission trip and stuff. The last scene takes place in 1927, which is five years after the um, invention of the milkshake. So like airtight, airtight. Damn. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I was like, man, milkshakes were around back then. Oh, all right. Kind of want one. I take my straw. <laughs> <laughs> and I put it in your milkshake. See, Patrick, 
We asked you to do it, and you and you and you you can't <laughs> muster. I'm it, drinking like, up in the moment. <laughs> you, you can yeah. definitely nail the Daniel Day Lewis as uh, what's his name? H W. Uh, no, not H W. Dan- Daniel Plainview. He, Daniel Plainview. Oh yeah, his name was Daniel. Yeah, it was yeah, easy. Daniel Plainview. Yeah. No, I, I overall I would say I enjoyed watching this movie. I'm glad I watched it. Any yeah, any other last things we need to hit before I'd say maybe moving on? Let's see what I got in my notes here. Um, oh, one thing I noticed is that like so back in the early 1800s, did people just drink like warm milk all the time? That's fucking gross. They must. Have. Oh yeah, drink it straight <laughs> from the tea. Like just what? Uh, what was the thing that he was? They're like. Oh, was it bread? Like we don't have any bread. bread. I'm yeah. sorry, we don't have any bread. <laughs> just like it's, yeah, it's like it's oh, okay. no, and no then troubles. and then he makes a deal out of it. Yeah, no trouble, no trouble here. No, it's fine. Um, oh, that would be swell. Um, Me and my son hunted quail. Was that normal? Like, yeah, hunter showed up on your farm. Well, better feed him and give him milk and stuff for yeah. sure. Like that was just like what you very did. hospitable. Like yeah, very, incredibly hospitable. And then uh, with the bread, he doesn't he make a point when he's like giving one of his speeches to the town like. You'll always have bread. <laughs> he's, he's like, no child should think that bread is a luxury. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, um, JW was just with the quail hunting, just like running, just shooting, just popping, just off, popping them off. Which, again, with the whole like, I always feel uneasy. At least in that movie, like, every scene, I thought he was gonna trip and shoot his own fucking head off or something. So, yeah. Fun fact about that that casting of the kid is that Paul Thomas Anderson specifically asked for a. Uh, he wanted a kid from Texas where they filmed it who knew the terrain and who also was comfortable handling guns. And so wow. this kid was a hunter. And so like he was actually well versed in weapons, I guess not wow. weapons, but he knew how to fire a shotgun. So I thought you were going to yeah, say that's... fun fact. He went to like kick a helmet and then broke his toe. <laughs> <laughs> like an Aragon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just going to ask. So um, what was your favorite performance by, like the main a main character. I mean, I think this one's pretty between it's it's Daniel Day Lewis. Like who's your, wait your who's favorite... up against him? Paul 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 Dano. I, I'd say Paul Dano is like a is a, is a secondary character. And then the half brother played by what's his name yeah. O'Connell. Which I didn't think he was very good. I don't, I don't like that guy. I, I don't think he's a very good actor. I don't think he's very good in the Mummy. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I don't think you shut your fucking mouth. No, <laughs> <laughs> this mummy's I, I like the mummy. I love the mummy. I mean, give me some Brendan Fraser any day of the week, but yeah, that guy sucks. I don't know if he. Um, I can't. I don't know if he just plays on likable characters and that kind of flavors my dislike. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's DDL by a landslide of yeah. Yeah, not even close. Yeah, fucking Did, uh, performance for the it, decades. And I and I thought Paul Dano held his own against him which one like i did. don't i'm bad at actors names who's that uh the the, church, the, the, the reverend the oh yeah we're, we're, any we're other family movie, it, the answer would be him but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he, he had to go against ddl um what was your favorite shot in the movie or sequence the oh, oil i forgot your the analysis. fire burning and when he's running back and forth and yeah, stuff god that's, that was a that's good easily one. my favorite it's either that or and i and i really loved everything from the start of the movie until he gives his first speech as a i'm an oil man i thought yeah. that stuff was really it, I mean, this there was a no yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really good. I was gonna say either the, literally both of what you guys said, and just kind of just sticks out to me, and maybe it's not even that significant, but that shot of him walking with the train, I don't know, that kind of oh, stuck yeah. out to me. And like, do we know oh, when, when he's abandoning his kid? When he's abandoning his kid, and he's just walking. Yeah, that is yeah. a good shot. That's, again, that's just like where no, Paul really is like, no, we're just gonna do one single shot of this, and like, I just love that shit. Yeah. 
Um, so quick yeah, question. That's, that's there will be blood. Uh, quick question about Daniel Day Lewis. Lincoln mm-hmm. came out in twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. Did Daniel Day Lewis not do anything between this movie and that, or was there something in there? No, I think he did. Um, this is this musical. is low key just turning into a just podcast where we examine the background background examine Daniel Day Lewis. He did a He's I really think a, a musical really called a called Nine that wasn't oh. wasn't good. That's weird. And I think he was really good in it, but I don't think it was well received. Uh no, he did the Ballad of No, he did Nine. Yeah, he did Nine in two thousand nine. Um, <laughs> it's a musical. Huh. Yeah, he just kind of struck me as someone like, all right. Lincoln's going to be the uh, Oscar grab for me, so I'm going to fucking devote five years to that. I don't know. I mean, that was, yeah, he, I could see he's, that. The, he's the only actor to have to win three um, Academy Awards for Best Actor in a, in a yeah. major, major motion picture in oh. history. So and then apparently, yeah. I didn't realize this, Phantom Thread came out after Lincoln, and he yeah, was Phantom, in that. Oh, Phantom so, Thread is his last movie. Huh. Phantom Thread is a, a good segue to the next movie for me. Okay. Um, so <laughs> uh, when we, when I sat down to watch The Master, I thought it was Phantom Thread. Oh, oh really? <laughs> I, I like, had mixed like I was like, oh yeah, this is about like the the fashion thing, like the dude who's like super like way into like sewing or something, and like he's like, and that's like really all I knew about it and stuff. Reynolds and, like, Woodcock. Because um, Bill Simmons' uh, podcast, Pat and I both listened to, at least talked about that movie. He's like, yeah, it's a tough hang, but it's a good movie. So that's what I thought The Master was. And like about 20 minutes in, I'm like, I don't think this is that movie. No, it's not. It's not. It's definitely it's not. Different people, it's not. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess I thought it was Phantom Thread. It opens with, like, um, on a beach and Joaquin Phoenix, like, cuts down a coconut and stuff. And I was like, oh, I didn't know Joaquin Phoenix was in this. Um, And then he, like, humps a sand sculpture of a woman. And then, like, people around him are kind of laughing for a bit. Then he does it way too much. And people are kind of like, this is weird. (laughs) And he goes and jerks off in the ocean. And I'm like, yeah, then then he jerks off into the ocean. And I'm like, this is weird that this is gonna end up being about, like, sewing and fashion and stuff. And it didn't. It didn't do that. It did not end up being about that. Definitely is not about that. Uh, I'm trying to think of so like I, this is like when you have two drinks in front of you and you're like, all right, here's my milk, and you drink orange juice, and you're yeah, because <laughs> you're not expecting the taste. It's so yeah. like, what the fuck? So I I picked this movie because I find it weirdly rewatchable for reasons that I don't understand. It's, and I've seen it four times, and I don't know why Jesus, I like it so really? much. It's so I, I wanted to, to ask, yeah, what are your thoughts on Paul Thomas Anderson's 2012 masterpiece, The Master, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Amy Adams? Yeah, so everything you describe, um, Tanner, with like that beach stuff that was going on, at first I was like, this could, in a certain light, be construed as normal. These are like guys who have been on a boat for so long and yeah it's like the classic like you see a manatee and you maybe see a mermaid kind of thing like yeah you you spend so much time among like the same people you're gonna go a little nuts is and like in the middle of war super stressful he kn- he just kept going and being weird and awful and, so- and, and what, so- so, like the next thing he does is uh what like hit a torpedo until fuel comes out of it and make a drink out of it yeah what's weird about that what was his con- his concoctions like 
I, I wanted them he to focus like more alchemist. on. He could take. I wanted them to focus more on that. and make it into alcohol. Also, what did that? Yeah, it didn't really strike home for me that that was um, what was going on with him. Like I knew he made special stuff. The 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 jet fuel. I guess in my mind, the torpedo. I thought that was just some way he had made a brewing apparatus of some kind. But then when he was in the bathroom and like, oh, he's gonna put some like aftershave on. Oh, he's oh he's just he's drinking it. He's just drinking it. Um, and I love how he just like filled it up with water real quick and put it back in the yeah, just so <laughs> just it's second like nature for him. No, yeah. But uh, sorry, Pat, that wasn't your question. Um, did you guys like it? What did you think of it? So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This see see this is what I mean. So like yeah. the first time I watched it, I was like, what what is this? like what did I just watch and why did I like it and I, I why don't I understand it? <laughs> My knee jerk like, reaction was. I fucking hated that. I didn't like that at all. Uh, but I was like, but it was made really well. The acting was really good. It's kind of like yeah. enthralling what was going on. And then like I thought about it because I watched it last night. I thought about it this morning. I'm like, I don't know if I hated that. I mean, kind of like looking at what what does it mean exactly and like the um, more of it. Here's something that just now occurred to me, like a reason why I might not like it as much in that I was kind of expecting after watching There Will Be Blood that the ending was going to end with some like weird confrontation between um, Joaquin and PHS. Um, like somehow they were going to come to blows or something. But no, it was just like, you're out of here, man. Like, sorry, we don't want you anymore. I know I told you to come here, but no. And Joaquin was just like, that sucks, but okay. And that's it. That's like, that's how it ends, right? Uh, well, no, then he has sex with a random woman from a bar and well yeah but doing the, the method thing on her and it's like oh that's 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 how we're ending it okay yeah it, just, it ended in not a way that i was like that was good like <laughs> you know what I, the last the last word spoken in the movie is it fell out put it back in yep <laughs> yeah. so yeah it, what i guess so this is also fun because i recommended this movie to my brother and he's like what's it about <laughs> please tell this story yes <laughs> and, and so i i have a i've recommended two movies to my brother and he both watched them with his girlfriend which is not what i intended <laughs> and, and, and he watched uh first reformed which is a very intense movie about religion and then he watched uh the master which we're gonna also talk about, another but... intense thing about kind of well religious like yeah, kind a, of a yeah cult and he, he was like yeah. He's like, oh, what's it about? And I was like, um, I don't know. It's about a guy and a quasi-cult leader. Um, so as I've watched it more and read some stuff about it, it without explicitly saying it, it's... It's supposed to be Scientology, right? Yeah. More or yeah, less. Okay. Yeah. yeah. El, uh, Philip Se- L. Ron Hubbard. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, yeah, he's L. Ron Hubbard. Is Philip Seymour Hoffman is supposed to be the L. Ron Hubbard. He's like the parallel this, without calling yeah. him that. Yeah, because apparently it's Scientology has a strong pull in Hollywood because their headquarters oh, yeah. are in Hollywood. Um, so you, can, it's tough to. This movie almost didn't get financed because of its loose ties to yeah. Scientology, but he was able to get it done. Um, yeah, I. GTA finds a way. I just think what what I like so so much about this movie is how good Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman are. Philip Seymour um, Hoffman is an MVP. Like really, all yeah. I had seen him in before this was 
What's Lebanowski. the Ben Stiller? Uh, oh, Let It Rain! Yeah, uh, that comedy. Uh, Along Came Polly. Along, Along Came Polly. And he's fucking hilarious in that movie. And I love it so much. Um, yeah, Big he Lebowski. Is, he is the best And he's also movie. really funny in that. Um, and I, probably other things. Yeah, but yeah, he's very funny is, in a small role, man. Yeah. Um, but this was a very serious Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it made me really appreciate... Well, not appreciate, like understand like yeah, how big of a loss that was when he passed away like what 2013 yeah, uh, yeah that's 2015 2014 so drew i'm curious about your maybe even patty you remember your first watch of this when i was watching it and like he gets on the boat and philip seymour hoffman's like you know what I'll, I'll take you and it'll be fine and stuff and like he's like what do you do he's like oh i'm a writer and stuff like this at first i'm like oh this dude's like a super smart dude of like science or something like it's legitimate like psychiatric science and stuff especially when he does the first like little interview thing with him where he's making him like don't blink and he, i'm like oh he's trying different like you know new psychological type things and then as it got further i'm like oh this 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 is a fucking cult. This is a cult leader. Yeah. This isn't at yeah. all like a science thing at all. Did did you guys like know what it was about going in? Because like I straight up was like, oh, this is about like some actual scientist dude that actually helps him. No, I had, it's a cult. The, I had kind of the I same quickly path. figured out that he was a cult oh, okay. leader. Did you have the same path, Drew? Um, for me, honestly, when he was on the boat talking to Joaquin Phoenix, in my mind, I had just watched like it was on TV, um, the first part of The Shining where. At first, it's about a writer needing to get away and, like, needs to, like, go somewhere and write. And that's what I kind of, in my mind, thought it was, a writer needing to go out to sea and, like, that's where he writes. Yeah. Yeah, very quickly. I think my my turn to this is a cult was a little quicker. Like, it, it, it didn't occur to me that this is a scientific genius. Like, I don't know. Like, I could... There was no real theory posited. It was just more, like, stuff that could be construed as bullshit. Yeah, I, I think what what led me to believe that he was the quote leader is one, the stuff they were doing, like the sequencing or the processing was, is nonsense. Um, the, the thing is about this movie, everything that Philip Seymour Hoffman talks about, it's pure garbage. It's yes. nonsense. It's pseudoscience. Like it's, it's crap. Like it, it's, it's nothing. It's a cult. It's about it's, lifetime it's Scientology and reincarnation, so like, right? Like you yeah, were it, a, a Roman legionnaire in your last past or I don't know. Yeah. And the thing that works about this movie so well is they have that conversation and then it flashes to the wedding and you see Philip Seymour Hoffman interacting with the people and giving a speech and you're like, wow, this guy is so charismatic. Mm -hmm. Like everything yeah. he says like has me hypnotized. I'm like, this is this guy's amazing. You got that like, when he's walking down the aisle and like talking yes. to every single person, like, oh hi, like, you know, it's like yeah. a real politician kind of thing. I was in hindsight, I was like, after I was like, oh, there's a cold. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's pretty fucking weird that everyone was just like chill, staying on the boat for multiple days and yeah. like yeah. his daughter's getting married on the boat. Cause I was like, oh, they're just having, they got the boat for the wedding. That's I what I thought boat. too. I thought All these it, people are still on the yeah. boat. I think everyone's the, still on the boat. At the time like, of what the wedding, I didn't realize it was a cult. Like when he was marrying no, them, I didn't realize it was a cult at that point. It makes sense because it's like, why? Did, did, who would live on a boat for multiple days if it's not a fucking cult? I started, I started to realize that it was the cult. So they he gives the wedding and then the wedding speech and then the next day the next time you see Philip Seymour Hoffman with Joaquin Phoenix is when he's doing the uh, don't blink and then they do the yeah the processing stuff yeah but like and, and then everything in between that it's like they're listening to the recordings of him and they're just like doing the teachings and it's like this is nonsense like everything they're doing is is complete and utter nonsense. I'm embarrassed but, how long it took me to get it. <laughs> 
I don't think you should be. No, this is off my fourth viewing. (laughs) So like, it's definitely my, my first note is like, I want, I said, talk about the difference between your first viewing and your most recent viewing. And the first time I watched this movie, I was deathly ill um, many years ago. So not with whatever's going on now. It was, it was, and I was sick and I had the flu and I was like, ah, I mean to watch this movie, and I'm like dying, so I just watched it. And then like I was like, I'll just fall asleep during it because I was trying to sleep because I was sick. And I just like watched the whole movie, and I was like, what was that? Like, what just happened to me? Like, am I hallucinating because I'm sick, or is this <laughs> movie crazy? And uh, and then I watched it again and again and again. And it's like you I just... have. I mean, I I also have my weird drives that I do, but that that yeah, you watching this multiple times is just insanity to me. Yeah, I. Like, Kelsey, my wife, asked me, like, how was it? I'm like, I think it was fucking terrible, and I'll never watch it again. <laughs> I, I would um, be interested in watching it again. I, I don't know. You know, I'm kind of leaning towards, like, I might watch it again to try to kind of um, a little more. But, like, Walking Phoenix is so good at making me feel just uncomfortable in every yeah. fucking scene he's in. Every single thing. I'm like, he's going to do something insane immediately. Like, that, that's all I can think he's going to do every single time I see him on screen. The what way he talks you... and, like, has his side of his mouth always closed and stuff. And yeah. That How... just, like, always uncomforting. How about when he just, in the beginning of the movie, before he gets on the boat, and before he's, like, what is he, a lettuce? Farmer? A cabbage farmer, yeah. Cabbage yeah. Farmer. Oh, yeah. He just, like... Starts a fight with that guy in the you poisoned him. in the department store for no yeah. reason. Oh, that! Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he's just like, he's sir. Like start moving the lights. Yeah, into the him. light. It's like, what? What is wrong? And I'm like watching this. I'm like, what is this movie? Like, what? What, what is triggered happening? that? Did something? He asked so, him something. Did he? Yeah, he asked him. Do you think... have a wife? Oh, and he goes, yeah. And he's like, are these for you? So, and simultaneously, there's a baby crying, and like he he looks over to it and stuff. And I think we probably end this later. I think a big subtext of this is the dude wants a family. He wants yeah. to belong to a family so fucking bad. Cause he talks about during that psych about like, what was your vision? He's like, it wasn't a vision. It was a dream. It's like, what was the dream? It's like, well, it's me and my dad are at Ma- and mom are at a table and we're laughing. And so like, so I think like, he's just like, I, I don't want to see this dude. I don't want him here now. And so he's like trying to cover him up with the lights basically. So then he just fights him. And so then they just going to fight and he chucks like glass and stuff. And like, cause it's the, leaves. what year was that? Like the fifties, forties. It was right after the World War II, so it must have been Because yeah, it's the 40s. Early, like, these two dudes 40s, got in a fight 50s. and stuff, and no cops show up or anything, and he just leaves, and there's no repercussions, because that's how it worked. Like, it was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, there's a tizzy, whatever. But um, like, it was insane. So this is kind of like a weird through line from uh, There Will Be Blood and to this one, is that, like, yeah, family is kind of like, or a sense of belonging, I guess. And, and yeah. with, with with Joaquin, what's his character's name? It doesn't matter. He. Freddy. Freddie, well. yeah, he found belonging in this cult, and then yes, yeah, and then like then he kicks, he's kicked out of that, and then he kind of is trying to search and find his new belonging. It's so, it's weird. <laughs> it's very weird. It is. It's a weird as fuck film. I don't think I, I don't even Pat denies that. I think the after the the few times I've watched this movie and I I've read some stuff on it and as much as. What is Joaquin Phoenix's, or not Joaquin Phoenix's, uh, Phil Zimmer Hoffman's character, Lancaster Dodd. Yes. As much as, as, what a as name. much as, yeah, right? <laughs> as much as he thinks that he needs to help Freddy. He needs Freddy. He needs Freddy, right? Cause, yeah. And I think kind of what the whole point of this movie is like, he, his, he has all these people follow him. He has all these crazy remedies on how he's a master and he, he follow his be- beliefs and 
you'll find clarity. And I think he sees someone as broken and mentally ill as Freddie, and he's like, if I can cure him, then it will validate all of my beliefs. And I think he needs him around to be like I think in in a lot of ways Freddie Quell is the master to Philip Seymour Hoffman as as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. Or, or or it's like a reciprocal relationship, if that makes any sense. I think absolutely. Um yeah, I think I Philip Seymour agree. Hoffman like also needed Freddie in a way that like, yeah, sure he had all these follow- followers, but like Freddie was like very very easily like right away was just in it and like he was ex- his he 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 probably recognized that Freddie was extremely malleable and 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 um um could manipulate him very easily i don't know something and there's something there i was just gonna, there's that one scene where um he's eating dinner with his family while Freddie's still in jail yeah and they they're like we need to talk about Freddie. <laughs> yeah and he was essentially just like Thank you, but if we if if we don't help him, then it's us who have failed him. And yeah. his family's like, you're a fucking kook, dude. Even his son <laughs> is like. His, also, Jesse Plemons. Shout out yeah. to Jesse Plemons. That guy's good. I only awesome. know that guy say, because he was in Breaking Bad for like I a little bit. I was bummed he had such a small role because I saw he was in. I was like, oh damn, he's good in a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, he yeah, looks exactly like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Could. Very easily. Yeah, that's why I like, they yeah, comedy. Like, oh, I see the resemblance. Son. Yeah, and and uh, it's so one of the and the more times I watch it, the funnier the movie is. Like, it's actually got some like funny parts. And I the first there's time one I part it, I thought was hilarious. I was like, it's what part? I'm curious uh, as to which part you think. So when he's out on the porch with uh, Jesse Plum Plumins Plumins Plumins, yeah. Um, and he tells him like, my dad just makes it all up on the fucking spot, dude. He's just making it up. He goes fuck you and he like he like smacks him a little bit or something yeah um and then the and then the cops the cops show up he goes oh like tries to like dust him off like stay there stay there and like um freddie just like so clearly is like i'm i'm the master's right hand man i got this don't worry just you sit there i'm gonna take care of it shows up doesn't handle the cops at fucking all and they're just like just completely falls apart does not handle it at all freaks out immediately i think the funniest part is and then the, another weird is like, oh no, please don't hurt him! Like, don't he hurt gets Freddy. like really worried about. Yeah, he's like uh, super yes. worried about him. I uh, funny parts. Um, I had two that came to mind. The funniest part to me was when uh, he got out of jail and like they were greeting like old friends and they were just like they like rolling like, fucking play. around on the on the yard and he like yes. rips his jeans like in half. Like, yeah, and like he, and Freddie's just like, ah, I'm good with that. That's how oh, you. Um, I thought the the funniest part was when they both go to jail and yes. Freddie's freaking out. That was the second one argument. for me. And then he just he's like, "You're a fucking child." And then he just casually starts taking a piss. Just takes a piss. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. I wanted to talk it's about. It's so funny. I wanted to talk about that scene actually because like the the it, shot when they first bring him in, yeah, is really good. I think where like yeah. um like Philip Seymour Hoffman's just like standing there chill and Freddie's losing Just his goddamn mind losing his mind is a great shot like to show like the the symmetry between them mm-hmm. i love that scene like <coughs> sorry that was a bad swig a little bit of whiskey <laughs> a little whiskey um that yeah, that's one of the best scenes in the movie i think um him just freaking out. He just like, destroys that toilet. How much is, of that yeah, was amazing. scripted? Like him One breaking kick. the toilet could no way, no way was that like scripted. Also, him like getting under the bunk bed and just like nailing his head up. Yeah. 
It was insane. Yeah, I'm curious if he was just like told, hey, go crazy. That's what we want you to do for this shot or what. And then uh, in my notes, I have the. This when when he gets back out of jail, they have their little horse play and then he starts his like treatment in earnest where he keeps walk the window to the wall scene yeah. back and forth. So yeah. all that stuff is really, really good to me. It's really crazy. The score during that part, the music during that part is really good. And you can kind of see the lunacy going on with the, with the Colt. In, in, yeah. In, all these so... people are like, you see the whole process and you're like, this is nonsense. How do people, and the thing is, it's like they're in a, a, a nice upper class neighborhood in Philadelphia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like these people probably are educated, right? Yeah. So like how are they so susceptible to this just pure and utter nonsense? I feel stupid because like when you start having to do the walking back and forth thing, I'm like, oh, what is this going to do? Is this going to change something? It doesn't do make any fucking crazy. anything. Which is the whole nothing. point of it. Like that's what they're trying to show you. Like this We're is all... nothing. This is nonsense. We're all going to break for lunch? Not you, Freddie. No, you keep. Yes. No, you and keep I kept going. Thinking back like, forth. oh, he's gonna have a revelation or something. That's what's gonna happen, and it never comes. I'm like, oh, that's that's the fucking point. Um, I I'm glad we brought up this part because I think this is gonna be a recurring thing that I'm gonna consistently remember, and I'm just gonna point out Laura Dern is in this movie, and that's all I have yeah. to say. Yeah, Laura Dern's Laura, in this movie Laura Dern's too. in this movie. Because <laughs> I I can I can think of two three other movies that laura dern has been in and that is jurassic park and star wars and that's it i don't remember any other movie laura dern has been in so anytime i see laura dern that's, that's it good. for me too she won an oscar last year laura dern what'd did. she win for? for what for uh uh marriage story with i didn't realize uh, she was in at, marriage story i've not seen a wall punching movie divorce lawyer with uh, with uh adam driver and scarlett johansson yeah black Very widow and movie. kylo ren yeah it's yeah. a rough hang but it's it's fun fun stuff yeah are you gonna force us to watch that at some point who directs maybe that? i will you like making uh, us fucking uncomfortable noah bombach we could do noah bombach he's good he's got some good uh, we could also do like uh maybe just like uh like a one-off like we're only gonna focus on one movie or something like that i don't know yeah we could do a special thing like that i don't know yeah i don't want to watch um, that but we will <laughs> i don't either to be honest um i also so you remember the scene where he he they're in the house and he does the a roving, a roving. Yes. You, he sings a song. And he sees and everyone naked? That yeah, yes. suddenly girls yes. were naked. <laughs> Every so, girl, even the his, extremely Amy old Adams. Ones. Yeah, Amy Adams. So I, it took me, I didn't catch it the first time. And then the second, so that's supposed to be from his perspective. Like it's only, he's the only, Freddie's the only person who sees him. He's, he's imagining it. Yeah. It's like a, a child that. imagining naked women. You got that the first Whoa, time? Whoa, yeah, I did, did not. You, what? Oh. You're, you're, I did not. I didn't catch that. I took I'm this. I took this movie. I at a very like literal like interpretation. It, it is. It and, is. Until That's the I, only time where his imagination catches through. Except, I, I was. My next question is: is so like we can continue talking about this. But so Drew, you were like me the first time. I didn't realize that that was. I was like, what a weird choice by PTA to have the women become naked. But then, like, as I watched it, again, I was like, oh, it's him, his perspective showing, like, how deviant his mind is. Always. Like, he's always just like, I just want women. Like, yeah, because the, the psycho Val, when he's looking at the ink plots, where he's like, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's, a it's a dick from the bottom. It's a vagina. Yeah, now from the bottom. Like, you yeah. say that now, and now I'm, like, questioning, like, I, of course he would be an unreliable 
narrator, but I had never really considered him in that role. So now I'm really questioning like a lot of things in this movie. Like that hadn't even occurred to me. Like, was he actually called at the end to go to London? That's that was my next question. That's, and, and I oh, I think question. that was a dream because he says in the conversation with It was a phone call, wasn't it? He said yeah, in the conversation when he gets to England, he's like, In my dream you said you found out where you'd met me. This had before. literally never occurred to me until right now. This is Jesus insane to Christ. me. Yeah, so... Because and, and it is weird. I thought it was weird they had a phone cord that long to bring into a theater in the 50s or 60s, whatever. Oh my God, you're so right. Yeah, that would yeah, be an I, insane cord. Yeah, so I think that scene is a dream and that's oh how he God. ends up back with... Because, yeah, and it also kind of struck me as like, I need you, I need you, come to London, come to London. And oh. he gets to London and he's like, I well, don't and fucking also, it made no sense. what are you doing? How the... F- fuck did he know to call a theater where he had fallen asleep watching cartoons that's so yeah. true because he says how'd you find him he's like oh i we're connected wow god, people are probably just like a fucking course you idiots oh my god how about how about when freddie just pieces out on that motorcycle <laughs> he's yeah. just yeah like, again this film though every single time i thought someone was gonna die at some point or something i was like oh he's just gonna crash and that's gonna be the end of the movie and philip seymour Hoffman's gonna be like good boy but, yeah that's not what happened freddie that's He's going too fast. <laughs> I thought Freddy was going to kill the mom of the girl that he had been sweet on. Um, I just, I, every single I actually thought he was going to sleep with the mom. I, I 100% thought he was going to sleep with that mom. Oh, also, the was it more common... First of all, I don't know how old Freddy is when he went to war. But that girl was 16. Yeah. Was that, like, more common back in the day? 100% I mean, it was. Okay. It was more common, like an but an eighteen-year-old boy with like a sixteen-year-old girl. Wasn't well, yeah, I mean, just Freddie seemed like he was like twenty. Freddie seemed like he was like thirty. Yeah, well, and I, I don't know if that's yeah. just because he it's was supposed to be younger. Walking but... Phoenix supposed to be playing younger than he is. I yeah, I was I was a little confused on that part. Could too. also be his unreliableness. Maybe that's I don't know. Yeah, because that's so like a memory that Philip Philip Seymour Hoffman makes him bring up. So who even fucking knows? An interesting thing I read in that that book about this movie, if you notice, if you think back to that scene when they're sitting on the bench, she's like way bigger than him. He he looks like a lot smaller than her, and it's it's a memory of his. So like it represents like how large Doris looms over his whole psyche. Oh yeah, because like, that that shot though I I didn't quite catch what it was, but I do remember just being like this doesn't. And he's look in real. His, he's in his like sailor blues, and he looks like a little kid. Yeah, he's yeah. in his navies. Yeah. Um, it, it's and also yeah, she blues. maybe yeah. was Damn aged. It, Pat, you're gonna make me watch this movie again. Yeah, I'm starting right? to come around. She okay. was kind of aged up too. She said she was 16, and I was like, but I I chalked she that up to like Boogie Nights. Oh, Mark Wahlberg, 17. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah. Okay. He was. I just chalked that up to Hollywood he, casting. Yeah, he pulled like, it off kind of, but we'll get to that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, in in this scene, I was just like, I don't. She's we're we're led to believe she's sixteen. Okay, Hollywood, sure, whatever. Yeah. At this point, we kind of go along with Hollywood. Like, well, now there's the uh, aging. But. I think I'd be remiss not to bring up the uh, uh, the violent hand job scene. <laughs> oh yeah, I was wondering when we were gonna get to that. <laughs> I just drew <laughs> non reaction to it. <laughs> Drew's like, what? Drew's going, was that violent? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm struggling to remember the violent. W- w- give me the context. Oh, Where was it? 
It was so, over the, she was leaning over the sink. Oh, it, God. It was right yeah. after you sang the song <laughs> yeah. when Freddie picked her up naked. Say, yeah. And she, yeah. It took me a minute to realize what was happening in that scene. She's like leaning over and telling him all this stuff. Like, stop drinking his fucking concoctions. Uh, Freddie needs to stop doing this stuff. Stop philandering. And, and then she's like, come for me. And it's like, what? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> That's what you're doing. Yeah, I forgot about that. It, 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 it I don't know. It led me to, it's, it's this weird Freudian kind of like, who's really in charge here kind of thing. I don't, yeah, it was definitely like a power dynamic thing. Yeah. Like Amy Adams was like exercising her power over him. But like yeah. the first time I watched it, I was like, what is this movie and what is happening? <laughs> and why did Amy Adams just do that? But I was so, like. Real quick to like not knowing what's real or not. Philip Seymour Hoffman's daughter like comes up to him when he's giving us like a little talk in a group at first and just like grabs touching him. Walking Phoenix's like thigh and stuff like that. Or maybe his dick, I don't fully understand. And like he's like glancing over at her husband and stuff. And then she walks away. It's it, like, did that really happen or was that just in his head too? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Damn it, I might need to rewatch this movie. Because then she <laughs> says at the dinner, she's like, I think he wants me. I think he lusts after me. Yeah. And it's like, and my thoughts like, bitch, you grabbed his fucking groin. It's like, oh, yeah. wait, maybe that's why you maybe. think he's listening because he, he like imagined that. This very literally never, never occurred to me to view this as a psychological thriller. No, not, not until not, this moment. I mean, psychological, but yeah. I, I yeah. also, I wrote down in my notes here. What did you guys think? I didn't think Rami Malek was very good in this movie. Honestly, I forgot Rami Malek was in this movie until yeah, he didn't do a lot. He didn't do a lot. He was just kind of like, hey. Rami, let's go just, beat the piss out of this guy, and you're gonna yeah. <laughs> you're gonna watch, <laughs> you're gonna like it. I do like that guy just being like, "Excuse me, excuse me, um, excuse me." I mean, me. it was, was just really like, rude. That dude was super yeah. rude. Yeah, it really I mean, made me hurt, but also I was just like, "Yeah, man, fucking question things. This is all things the guy I'm was, thinking too." He was calling it a, 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 a cult, so I yeah. mean, he's probably the good guy, but he was a dick. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, another funny shot was after they get embarrassed at that party and then they're all on the elevator together. And he's just like, <laughs> that is a good shot. He's just like fuming in the middle. They're all of just completely squeezed together. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, did you guys like this movie? Well, fuck. Okay, when we started now, talking now about that, what's it been? Uh, 20 minutes? 20, I didn't, 30 minutes? 20, 30 minutes. I didn't like it 30 minutes ago, but now I'm kind of like, I might need to rewatch this movie. Yeah, now I think I kind of like it. I think, yeah, see, like it's it's one of those. It's with all of his movies. Like I, I just watched um, Inherent Vice is another one of his movies. I watched it. I don't know, probably a month and a half ago because it was on Tanner. Owned yeah, it, I, I own it. I've never seen front. it. And I was like, I watched it, and I was like, I didn't understand that movie one fucking bit. And then I just watched it again the other day. And I was like, this movie's kind of excellent. It's like I kind of <laughs> dig it. And like, it's the same thing with all these movies. It's like. There's something about his movies that are weirdly rewatchable, and I don't, I can't quite put my finger on why that is. I just think there's a lot of Easter eggs in a different sense. Not like yeah, it's not an Easter egg, but it's Easter like egg, definitely like, things that you would catch. You miss. Yeah, doesn't spell it out for you for sure. Like you have to, catch and it's it. not as much like we've talked about the prestige and how the prestige is like on the second time you're like, okay, yeah, I'm catching things. Even what you're on four and you're still, yeah. I feel like you're probably still catching things and you will continue. Yeah, to. Yeah. It's just, and again, like his movies just look so good. Like, 
visually they're amazing yeah. I, just yeah. so many steady shots and all that which is like like i said pump that into my veins so, I, I will watch that stuff all day so it's easy to rewatch, and this one is actually not as long as some of the other ones so it's easier to re- it's still pretty long it's like two hours and ten minutes but it's not like short for for one of his though yeah 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 and yeah i i, th- I think it's really good and i i don't know if i like it more than there will be blood or the other ones but we'll talk about that at the end I'm yeah sure. we'll, rank we'll, them. Get this, we'll get to it um which leads me to uh, the next movie. Drew, do you want to is... you want to talk about Dirk Diggler? <laughs> Dirk <is>... Diggler. <laughs> Man, what a movie! Okay, so this came out in 1997. Uh, yep. What a ca- for one thing, what a cast! That was that was a phenomenal cast. Yeah, everyone in that movie was was cast super well. Yeah, I would say we need to at like at least at the beginning acknowledge the cast. It's just it's so good. Yes, and, and I and I feel like so like the master less so than there will there will be blood was like a singular showcase for DDL to cook. Like he was just like yes, give DDL absolutely. front and center and he's gonna crush it. And then like same for the master. I mean the masters there's a lot of people in it, but it was essentially a, like it was. Daniel, it was uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, Joaquin Phoenix, and Amy Adams, and like those were the three characters, and yeah, yeah, and mainly the two guys. But Boogie Nights, just the, the entire ensemble, the first, cast. everyone, the yeah. first nine listed on IMDb. I'm just gonna go through it. Go it. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg, yeah, Julianne Moore, Heather Graham, Burt Reynolds, William H Macy, John C. Riley, Don Cheadle, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Luis Guzman. That's just the first nine. Yeah. Luis Guzman ended up not being as big of a part as I thought he would be. But anyway, no, but right, like, he's they very community. much. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, in this movie. Like, he, yeah. he was. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. But weirdly, they're like, we're going to make sure at, you know, every now and then you check in and you see him and you know he's still part of this. Like, yeah. They very much, like, wanted to make sure you knew what his, his biggest was part doing. was asking if someone was at a party for someone on a phone. Mm-hmm. That's true. That was, like, his biggest scene. That was it. So, um, but anyway. Th- were you asking me because you? I, I didn't pick this movie, Patrick. This... No, I just oh, okay. I just wanted you to to make a dick joke about Dirk Diggler. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dirk Diggler, more like Dirk Dig Dirk Dick Dick uh, Dickler Dick. No, Dick Dig uh, Dick. Uh, yeah, let's let's keep going with this. <laughs> let's keep workshopping no. it. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll get it. Um, I was like, I don't, I I didn't know what this movie was about, honestly. Uh, in my mind, I, I think I thought it was about. I was combining it with another. I was combining it Saturday with Night that, Fever. Yes, Saturday Night with Fever. What? I was combining it uh, with Saturday Night Fi- Fever in my mind. Boogie Night sounds like dancing. Yeah, I thought it was a movie about dancing, and like to a degree, it was, but in the sexual sense, it was about pornography. So you didn't know I it was knew, about porn at all. I didn't. No. I knew that it was about porn because of Dirk Diggler, but I didn't realize how much it was about porn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally only about porn. You, if you had asked me, um, and cocaine, Boogie Nights, and The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Julianne Moore. What movie came right? out first? Boogie Nights. No, this was the same fucking year that these movies came out. I'm pretty sure. I think The Lost World came out in 1997. She got nominated for an Oscar for not Lost World, but for well, no, for, it would be Sorry. for Boogie Sorry. Nights. <laughs> Lost World is yeah. kind of like a uh, whatever. Um, uh, we're not going to get into Lost World on this podcast. It's fine. Not this episode, at least. You know, not this episode. Underrated. Not this I'll episode. I was going to say, say I, it's love, I love this movie, but anyway, I, I, I like it too. Anyways. This movie is like for the subject matter being 1970s porn production. Uh, 
Yeah. It's like pretty fun. Like, I it love was this the, movie actually. Up in, up until the it started it, it reminded me so much of Goodfellas. Goodfellas combined with Pulp it, Fiction for me. Like, yeah, like it was how, like a how, mix of those two movies. Yeah. How much how like it just like like when you watch Goodfellas it's just like a whirlwind. Yeah. Up until and it, it's it's the same similar structure it's like the guy his entrance into the mob and then like his downturn and, and it's the is same like thing. And, rise to fame and, and the then porn. the crash. And the the I haven't been I hadn't I can't think of a time where I've had as much fun watching a movie in a long time than from the moment that Dirk Diggler or Mark Wahlberg's character leaves his mom's house and then arrives at Burt Reynolds for the pool party. Yes. And the music all the way up until they shoot the first porn scene. Yeah. I was like, this is unbelievable. Do you want me to do it again? I can do it again. yeah, <laughs> and that's like the like, and then like, you're just like, this guy is a stamina. This guy is built for porn. This like, guy, he's, he's the the greatest of all time. But like, like every single scene at that pool, anytime it was a party at the pool, it was like my favorite shot each time. I was like, this is my oh, favorite it's shot. It's so it's just yeah, the fun. camera traveling around, spinning around the pool. It's all one shot. Like people just coming across the camera constantly. Like it feels like a busy party. And like yeah. the first pool time where it, it like ends with the woman diving into the water and the camera just yeah. goes right in goes with her in and with follows. Her. Yeah. Such and, a dope shot. Uh, I, I love the back and forth when when Mark Wahlberg and John C. Riley first meet. <laughs> John C. Riley, he, he's like, "How much? How much do you bench?" He's like, "Like two fifty. He's like, "Oh, cool, three fifty. And then like they're, they're just like young guys, like just fucking arguing who's strong, measuring like, their dicks. John like, C. Riley, I didn't know how much in Step Brothers he reached for his Boogie Nights character. Yeah, he's just like a yeah. I mean, they're both You're right. Like they're just <laughs> yeah. idiots. Like I loved it. it, it he yeah, was really I, reaching, especially it, not just his character that he played, but the character that his character played in the porn movies. Like, yeah, like that <laughs> that level of ridiculousness is the is the energy he brought to Step Brothers for sure. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. I did not know I was going to associate Step Brothers to Boogie Nights. Huh. There yeah. it was. It was just a, it's just a really fun movie and, um. Like it's just it was like exhilarating watching those scenes by the pool. It was, was like yeah. wow, this is awesome. so much like, going on. Uh, yeah, there's one. And... There was one scene I wanted to talk about before we kind of like took a, a slight turn uh, in this movie, uh, the, where we're introduced to Don Cheadle's character uh, selling fucking speakers, stereos, and stereos. Yeah. <laughs> like just just talking up like a fucking car salesman, and then in the country music was the best yes. joke of this whole fucking movie <laughs> and he's just like jamming out like this yeah yeah like, sometimes you gotta I move with it. it just start moving with it he's, i love go. the bit where everyone's like hey man stop dressing like a cowboy that's how he's like no it's coming back like, <laughs> cowboys are cool and Don everyone's Cheadle's like no character. dude cowboys suck like and then he talks to louise guzman's character and he's just like cowboys are cool right and louise yeah man be it's you like, be you if, man if, <laughs> if you think it's cool like <laughs> he won't just say no yeah, uh, and I, I I also love in that scene when Luis Guzman is talking to Julianne Moore, and he's like, "You you got to get me in one of these movies, baby. I'll, I'll be the Latin guy. It'll be perfect." And yeah. she's like, "All right, well let me let me talk to Burt Reynolds, and we'll, we'll see if we get it worked out." Uh, Burt Reynolds, really <laughs> excellent in this movie. What really a, good in this movie. Yeah, he was super good. Um, also, I lost. I did not. Um, it got by me that he died. A few years ago, I didn't realize uh, that last year. Yeah, Burt yeah. Reynolds. Maybe R. I yeah. did, really? but I didn't really have a full appreciation of Burt Reynolds, except for he was parodied in the Celebrity Jeopardy. 
Like that's all I really yeah, had yeah. of Burt Reynolds. This was very like well parodied too. One of my Pretty first good. <laughs> experiences of being like, oh man, Burt Reynolds Turn could command a room very he was, easily. He, he, he was really good in that movie. Uh, also, he looked yeah, good. really good. He looked fucking he good. He was old, and he was old, and he had that silver fox look with like. Did he have a mustache? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Also, I loved his commitment to like my pornos are films and i will not it's be like, going to direct a video like yeah not putting it on cassette and it's also like i just i need to like maybe it'd be a weird i need to ask i was gonna say ask my parents i need to ask other people that age not my parents what it was like you can ask my parents having, just like yeah i'm gonna ask i'll ask drew's parents you know like hey so in the 70s you could just go to a theater and watch porn with other people like that's just a thing that a lot of people did. I feel like, like maybe our parents are biz- bad people to ask because <laughs> they grew up in, in Midwestern and like this yeah. is uh, West Coast, you know, like or like New York City, like they like there just used to be like porn theaters everywhere. Yeah. It's just like, but I guess, I mean, you weren't watching on the internet and no, you didn't. You couldn't. You weren't rent. According to this, they they weren't on videotapes yet until yeah. the '80s. So like, yeah. I guess that's where people went was to the theater. Which is absolutely insane to me. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. why? What, what do you mean, why? <laughs> like, hey, man, you want to go see a movie? Yeah, Deep Throat's playing at 3 o'clock. Let's go check it out. Oh, is that the Richard Nixon uh, <laughs> Deep Throat was like, was like a real porn movie that yeah, actually but, happened. Yeah. Um, if, uh, I had a question for you guys. If you had to pinpoint one exact moment where this uh, movie took a fucking turn, where was it? Um, I would say when Julianne Moore introduced Dirk Diggler to porn in oh. the bedroom and then they had sex, which I mean, is weird because she like is trying to do the whole mom thing with him. Did you mean when she introduced him to Coke? Cocaine. Yeah. yeah. To cocaine. I think you said porn. To cocaine. Was, like, well, was that yeah. before, before or after right. William H. Macy and his son? That was after. That, that was the same night. Okay. Maybe but that whole night is the turning on point. That night. I would say the turning also, point was William H Macy shooting those two people and then committing suicide. Like, <laughs> like the, uh, that like night was the turning point. Yeah. That but was I, like I, I think of, him doing cocaine for the first time was like a oh, big yeah. Yeah. deal. What a kind of a funny bit initially where William H Macy would walk it? in and just be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then like his wife would just be having sex with random people. <laughs> I have to and mention then the third, this. Uh, sorry, continue. No, 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 no. I was just saying, um, that's, that's all I'd say. Are you at all familiar with who played his wife? No. no. Okay, famed por- porn star, uh, Nina Hartley. <laughs> who, Didn't know that. Yeah, no, I uh, I looked her up. If you look up her filmography on IMDb, it is a bunch of porn films. And um, <laughs> she is still still fucking a porn star now like still doing it what she is she's she's kind of latched into that like milf kind of 23 years later yeah dude she was she was old and yeah she was not necessarily 1998 that was so weird i don't know how i felt about that bit of his william h macy's just like yeah my wife's like fucking someone and i'm just accepting it for the most part and i think that it was was leading to him yeah it was leading to that payoff funny in the driveway where the dude walks up to him and is like, what's wrong? He's like, oh, my wife just, you know, got some some dude in her in the driveway. Oh, huh. He goes, anyway, okay, that? let me talk anyway, to you about the lights. Let's talk about the lighting. Let's talk about the lights a bunch. He's like, can we not do this now? He's like, what, you got, you got somewhere to be? It's like so clearly why, obvious why he doesn't want to be there. 
And, but yeah, I was just always, I was just like, why is, why? I can only assume Patrick is watching, looking at Nina Hartley's uh, filmography right now. I mean, this is crazy. She's still making movies. <laughs> She's still making movies. Patty She's still in mode. All right, I'm in. I'm gonna go she into, was in. I'm, I was on IMDb. She okay. she was in. She was born in 1959. Um, can we talk about how it was funny though that there was a portrait of William H Macy then on the wall where his blood yes. had splattered behind him at the end of the film? Yes. <laughs> well, but oh, I was gonna say so. I what I've gotten from these three uh, Paul Thomas Anderson films is he really likes to do stuff about people who are insanely passionate about something, like because yeah. you know uh, uh, there will be blood. Super passionate about becoming an oil tycoon. Uh, the master super passionate about this cult or trying to run the cult, depending on whose perspective you're looking at. And this is like, they sincerely think what they're doing is art in, in this point yeah. industry. Yeah. And like Mark Wahlberg is sincerely trying his best. Like he's trying to be an actor. He cares so much about this because like, you can tell when he's like, Hey, can I, I kind of want to make the scene sex. I'm going to try to make it sexy. Is that okay? And like, try, <laughs> I just want to do a good job. And then like when him and John C. Riley are pitching their, um the their names and stuff and they're like yes this is gonna be so good it was so serious We're, we've crushed it like um and then it shows like the the intro for it and it's so and fucking it's just bad pure garbage they're like <laughs> bang and they're like running on a roof and it's clearly there's the same roof running around the same areas every time i can always respect and... an actor who um part of their acting job is to act badly in a parody movie that they make in the movie That's like a what point. a fucking meta thing that they, they can act so well that they can act badly that they act, that yeah, act like a bad actor. It's so funny. Also, really funny. Like Tanner said in the line earlier, like after they shoot the first porn scene with him and Julianne Moore, and they're like, "We missed the the the, the money shot." Yeah, I, I don't know if I should say that. But then he's like, he's like, I don't. It's funny. He's like, ah, uh, he's like, ah, uh, hey, hey, no problem, man. I, I can go again. Like, you want to do it again? And he's like, and then Burt Reynolds is like, this, this guy's this guy. a star. Yeah. It's just like, it, it's. It's just a very sincere uh, depiction of 1970s porn director and actors. Like, yeah, it, all these people were really trying to do a good job. They and, sincerely cared. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I believed it, too. I was like, these guys really care. And then, like, you know, they, they go to the, the porn awards in some shitty hotel in Vegas. The second just, annual one. Yeah, he wins, like, every award. And then... <laughs> yeah. Once again, Dirk Diggler. And, and, and then one of the funniest little parts of the movie is when they're having that interview. Or that And Dirk is with um, Burt Reynolds. And he's like, you know, sometimes Burt will let me, you know, chart out my own shots and stuff like that. And Burt Reynolds is just like, I don't let you I don't do let that. you do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. <laughs> Should we talk about the 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 spiral part of the movie? Because I like that part of the movie a lot too. It's, it has probably my favorite. That's the scene part the that movie. reminds me a lot of Pulp Fiction the yes. most. Um, what a fucking a crazy good... night for every like main character that one night is. Yeah, and too. it was all canonically like because cars were passing, like the cars ships, were passing ships each other, yeah. in the like on the sea. It was all the same night. Like the mm-hmm. the, the part that struck home for me, like that this like was truly something insane and very much like Pulp Fiction was what Don Cheadle experienced in a fucking donut shop. Yes. Oh my God. I I thought the best scene in this whole movie was Thomas Jane, John C. Riley, and Mark Wahlberg going to that house to sell the fake cocaine for five grand where they're listening to Sister Christian. Sister Christian. Yes. But hold up. Yes. Pause. That was Thomas Jane. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, my god. On. I'm about to blow your guys' mind even further. Do you know who the the cokehead with the mustache dancing in the house was? No, in the bathroom? Yeah. Who was that? Mm-hmm. Alfred Molina, Dr. Octavius himself. Are you kidding me? Are you me? shitting me? Are <laughs> yeah, you kidding that's me? who that is. That was Alfred yeah. Molina? I, Alfred I Molina. almost looked him up because I'm like, this dude... Who, I almost did familiar. too because he does look very familiar and he's playing a crazy It's man. Alfred Molina. That oh scene God. is the most intense, funny. It's just so good. The music is perfect. And then when Jesse's girl starts playing and everything just goes crazy, I love the how they're always getting scared by the firecrackers. Yeah, the firecrackers. Yeah. So it's just it's absurd. just such a wild scene and I loved every second of it. I loved Every the music second. in it is perfect too. I love it. Like that scene alone could give it one of the best soundtracks in a movie ever. Yeah, yeah like that was when I, I I texted you guys in watching this movie, and I was just like, "Damn, this soundtrack is great." And that was in the middle of that house scene where he was like, <laughs> "Makes sense." Jesse's or uh, yeah, Jesse's sister girl. Christian, sister Christian, sister Christian, yeah. and Jesse's girl, and then uh, what was it? Ninety nine red balloons. Ninety nine yeah, red balloons. Left, uh, left. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Then, like, I was pissed when they left the house and the soundtrack stopped playing. I was just like, no, yeah. this is such a good song. And John C. Riley just fucking like jumps out of the car and sprints away. And then uh, Mark Wahlberg gets the car and he's like, I'm out of fucking gas. God damn it. And he just, <laughs> just pushes it. Yeah. And then, like the, everyone at that moment had hit rock bottom in the whole, like all those guys had all hit rock bottom. Uh, I, I, you know, what did you guys think of. John C. Riley and Mark Wahlberg's music attempt. <laughs> that <laughs> that so was maybe strange. the most stepbrother thing yeah. that was brought to this movie. I I very much enjoyed the scene where they're like, "Give us the like the demos." Like we can't make the yeah. money until you give it to us. And we have those. And like he says, like Just that that sounds totally like a YP, not down. an MP. A your problem. Yeah. And then John C. Riley's like, "You're throwing all those technical terms. I don't know YP or MP. It's just very <laughs> so clear. good." They're it's just like coked term. out idiots. And he's like, no, you, how are we supposed to pay you if we can't get the MP to go make the money? Catch 22. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, it was just, it, it was like the right amount. The the, the time that we're it's like, wow, this is really, really, really going downhill is when he's in the truck with the guy. Oh, yeah. And he, I, he's basically like a male prostitute. I only have 10 That's bucks. When it's he's like, like, all right, yeah. 10 bucks. Yeah, I'll do that. And then they I, just beat I the shit out of him. What? Yeah. So what? Like these are these a group of people that they go pick up male prostitutes and then beat the shit yeah. out of them when they catch them doing gay things? Like I didn't fully yeah, get what that. What was that? Really weird. Because the dude. Because the guy. Like if gay. that was really the case, why that would have happened way dude? earlier. Like why That's, did they yeah. let him and let him watch him do it? I don't. Yeah, it was. It, weird. it was. Is weird. You fucked up after he said no, and then the and then the truck comes in. Like yeah, and then. They just start beating the shit out of him. At the same time that uh, the guy identified Roller Girl as someone who yeah. went to high school oh. with. That part was also horrible, unpleasant, cringy yeah. to watch. Because like it was, yeah. it was, and it, it was supposed to read this way. Like uh, Burt Reynolds' character trying to like find the new thing that he can do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it just like it wasn't working. Also, I was very curious. Was um, that kid shown in like the high school scene that was um, that we are introduced to Roller? I don't know. I, I, would... I, I thought about that too, but I don't. I don't remember if he was I guess, or not. I guess we'll have to rewatch it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, this yeah. one is more. Then that same night is when Don Cheadle's like. Sense. This one was I'm very indulgent for my pregnant wife. Yes. 
Um, and, remind me again, like, I, I guess I just kind of forgot. When did Don Cheadle kind of meet his wife? Because I know there was that moment, but I couldn't remember the New the Year's party. Okay. Yeah, it was when he was wearing that, like, Rick James yeah. looking wig. Was, he's he's like, clearly still trying stupid. to get his look. Was that the, that was yeah. the same party where everything went wrong. Yes, that's so like went bad. everything went right for Don Cheadle, I guess that night. I don't know. Yeah, I guess he was the one like ascending up. Yeah, his his, his wrong moment was when that guy's brains got blown out all over his. But bodies. even then, he got extremely lucky, and then took saw a moment and seized it, and then went for it. Um, can I also just say that him talking to the bank loan guy really fucking? I'm an actor. Um, yeah. it really paralleled uh, thief. Um, oh, when, when they're trying to dump me. This is going to be a through line for this whole podcast. Is me just like, yeah, it reminds me of how, that movie we also watched. <laughs> like how good, how good Thief is. I thought that's what you were going to say. Mm, it's going to be a <laughs> not ready to say that, but um, you're you're going like to come Thief. around to it. Uh, what was your favorite? Who was so? This one's tougher. Who was so, our fa- Who was the best? Who, who was your favorite performance in? Boogie Nights. We forgot to ask for Matt. Let's master. do Master first we'll come then. Back to it. Or, right, let's not go Master. Or do we come back to it? Let's do Master let's first. Let's do Boogie Nights. Do Master first? Yeah, let's okay. do okay. Master first. I would honestly say Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm, I'm I think just Philip all, Seymour Hoffman all on was... board with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think Walking Phoenix. Because okay. he, and you're he wrong. really no, but you're, no, made <laughs> me feel uncomfortable. And that was his entire point, I think. To constantly think this dude, you don't know what he's going to do. He's going to... Yeah freak out at some point i agree i think for philip seymour hoffman it was just like how charismatic he was for me it just i I believed it i honestly can't believe he didn't win the oscar that year he he lost to christoph waltz in Django unchained which i think i don't i don't dislike that performance it's good but it's the same thing as hans landa in in glorious bastards he plays the same character just with a different name well, but also a completely different motivation. motivation. Like, Are you kidding me? A different, different motivation. He was a yeah, fucking like, Nazi. Are you kidding me? Right yeah, now? but he does. He does the same thing though. Like though his mannerisms, the way he talks, his charmingness. Sure, but I'm just telling you, watch those again, and they're incredibly similar. I just think that uh, okay. he di- he didn't he didn't really differentiate himself. All right. Very much for me, but I, I just think. That Philip Seymour Hoffman should have won. I I just feel that Chris. Okay, this is an entirely different thing, and we're going to be done talking about it. Christoph Waltz's character in uh, Inglorious Bastards. I wanted to punch in the face. Yeah, his character in Django Unchained. I was rooting for him. I, I feel like. Really? I, yeah. I thought. I thought I he mean, was a good person. Way better. Yeah, than he was. A, he was a good person, but he was a terrible person in Inglorious Bastards. But he was still incredibly charming. Like that was his. Like you. But there are two I, kinds I of charming. Like yes. there, there's the kinds the, that the psychopath that, that, charming, the psychopath like gets what he wants through it, and then also the genuine. I don't. I, know. This is yeah. not what we're talking about today. I guess. But. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we do Quentin Tarantino, which I'm sure we will, I'm sure do, we will we can talk yeah. about that Aftermath. if but, we pick up uh, movies. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, Walking Phoenix was really good, but I would all, I would also agree with Drew and, and say Philip Seymour Hoffman was. I'm just completely on board with Philip Seymour Hoffman now. Like, no, I, I mean, I don't think either is a wrong answer. There's been Philip a lot Seymour of Hoffman's actors amazing, but... and actresses introduced in this podcast that I'm like, I have not seen a lot of them, and Man. I want to see more of them, like Daniel Day Lewis and um, Al Pacino. Al Pacino, Al Pacino for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Uh, so, who do you guys think for Boogie Nights then? 
This one's tough because there's a lot of people. It's really tough, but I think I have to go with Mark Wahlberg. He I gotta go, really I, delivers. For me, it's either him or Burt Reynolds, and I honestly don't know who is better. I, My – you go. The movie doesn't work if Mark Wahlberg isn't good, and Mark Wahlberg is good in this movie. Yeah, I think he's it's great honestly in it. like It's honestly like maybe his best performance. Like, I – that, yeah, it might be. Weirdly enough. I think my fun pick is, and not my serious pick would be Don Cheadle because I really enjoyed him. A <laughs> I lot. do like his character a lot. Um, he was a good as a side character. He I, was a very good side know. character. But my I yeah, think my I serious pick would be Burt Reynolds. Yeah. I think Burt Reynolds was very good. <laughs> Julianne Moore, I also thought about. She's yeah. really, really good in this movie. Um She's really good. Her I mean, story is very I thought sad about her. too. So sad. Yeah. yeah, the sudden with her daughter. Suddenly the yeah the adoption son, thing yeah. with the son, like son. Yeah, the son. Yeah, I, I just Mark Wahlberg everyone. really like the scene where um he's getting kicked out of the house and his mom is just telling him he's stupid. You're stupid. Yeah. You can't do anything. What a and he's just terrible like, mother. Like genuinely like stop saying mean things to me. And like also though like I mean the dude is very stupid and that's why he just like yes. he finally sees something he's good at and can like be great at and he's like that's why like his speech when he gives it at the thing he's like no I'm serious I think we can make better movies I, and I'm promise you I'm never gonna stop trying to make better movies and like so passionate about it because I mean he's he's probably never been good at anything in his life maybe the better question to ask with Boogie Nights is like of the people who would be like worthy of being considered for this who is the least like who who did the worst like who because like everyone did so good I know John C. Ryan crushes it in this movie I love his character Philip Seymour Hoffman was really good in this movie too what a stark Uh, comparison to what we just saw with the master yeah that too His his um, his role in Boogie Nights was more what I'm familiar with him with uh uh Along Came Polly. Along like, Came Polly, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have a hard time just did, like thinking even did did you guys ever see, he doesn't do a whole lot. Did you guys ever watch Capote, the movie? No, the never movie? seen it. Wasn't that's, that bad? He, he is a, no, it's a really good movie. Maybe, I'm, Oscar for maybe it. I'm thinking of something yeah, else. That's what Philip Seymour Hoffman won the Oscar for that. I'm thinking uh, of there was a John Travolta like period piece. Oh, uh, I'm sure Pat knows it. Gotti. That's what I'm Gotti. thinking of. I'm thinking yeah, of Gotti. That movie. The movie blew. I think it Shit. was terrible. <laughs> um, what was your favorite part of Boogie Nights shot or sequence? When the it first comes pool to, scene. Yeah, the pool scene is very good. I think. Yeah, for me, it's either the that first pool scene, like you said, it's just so fun and exhilarating, and then. I, I really love the scene with Alfred Molina and Thomas Jane. And yeah. Thomas Jane's mustache is unfucking believable. It's unrecognizable that that is Thomas yeah. Jane. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Agreed. I could not believe that's Alfred Molina. The, the, because the I've seen. And... This, this, is, this is bizarre to me. And, and, and hear me out. Alfred Molina. I saw him in um, the first Indiana Jones. And he was recognizable as Alfred Molina. In that movie, and that was in the late '80s, or it was in the '80s. And then uh, in this movie, he was 81. unrecognizable as Alfred Molina. And then 2004, Spider-Man Two, yeah, that's Alfred Molina. It, I just yeah. cannot believe that that was Alfred Molina. The the mustache yeah. really, yeah, really throws you off. Um, I, I I think the sister Christian scene, I think is is. 
more i don't know i don't know that's man. a fun Those, scene I, i'm going the, more because of the, the, the impressiveness of the shot is why i love the pool yeah, scene so much mm-hmm. the pool scene is i gotta go to the pool scene too that was the most fun i've had like i was just that's when i texted you i was like thank you for making me watch it. it's so fun <laughs> yeah, I, think, I fixed it yeah yeah i think if i'm gonna pick something different the pool scene is very good maybe what could be it's it's not um the donuts is what was two of my thing or one of my two things the donuts like him like looking at all of them yeah i need two bear claws Ooh, what are these christmas oh the shot with the camera following through the glass i thought that was cool and then everything after that where he was just like don't don't do it like um Mm -hmm. and where the where the robber did not pick up at all that the other guy had a gun but then also kind of the end where it was kind of a montage and i appreciate a good montage uh, and maybe that's what reminded me the most of Goodfellas. So the the um, end, yeah, I was gonna say that that would have maybe my second pick. The where you're talking where they like it's the continuous shot through the house following Burt Reynolds, that, and also showing like oh they're shooting commercials now. And um, oh yeah, when Don and Don Cheadle finally completely sells out to his like blackness, the fact that yeah. he's black, yeah. so he's like I'm super cool stereo stuff, and we look like break dancers. Yes. Hold on. We what about what did you guys think about the ending shot? Where you see his, where you, oh, where we where you finally, finally see, see. Diggler's dick. So that was a thing. That's like the whole joke of the movie. The, it's like you never. Everyone else sees Dirk. Diggler's it was a joke of the movie. It was a joke of the movie that I did in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. It was exactly like that's what I kind of expected out of it. It was a thing that they tease, and I was like, they're not. I they're, thought we were never. Gonna they're see never going to show it. And I was like, oh, was, what a is. great ending. Uh, as weird as that is to say, I was like, oh wow. It like weirdly delivered. I was like, whoa. This uh, is the well, second that's movie. I started clapping Crazy. the second he saw it. This is the second movie I've had to watch for this podcast that ended with a penis. What was the first one? Technically, Fight Club ends with a penis. Oh, f- oh, Fight Club you're right. Yeah, because <laughs> he flashes it. That's true. Uh, that was the first thing I thought. <laughs> I was just saying the the shot where they're walking through the house at the end, and it's like just kind of showing like. They're this weird fucked up family. Like, like yeah. this is like a happy ending that they're all back together yeah. and stuff and living in this. It was not house. what I expected. It was like a happy ending though. Like Goodfellas yeah. is like not a happy ending. No, it, it like he go. He's he's like we're a schmuck. I'm eating noodles with tomato sauce. Like it's not. And then and this one, it's like it's happy and he's back doing the thing that he loves they take a point like going through this porn or this porn friend burt reynolds this uh pool party where they're going through and like everyone's there hey say hello to uncle jack yeah yeah yeah. and john c Riley's there and they also show the picture of william h macy and yeah honestly the first thing i thought of and tanner maybe you would uh, recognize this as well um (laughs) the fine the finale episode of cheers um, they played. Mm. Oh, they paid homage to Coach by showing a picture of like something that uh, the actor hung in his like um, uh, his trailer for yeah. his his studio. They paid homage to like Coach by like pointing that out, and that was like the first thing I thought of with William H Macy being there. Um, yeah, it, it was a weirdly happy ending, and not what I was expecting at all. I honestly thought everyone yeah. was going to die. I was expecting The Departed from this movie. I honestly yeah, thought kinda. everyone was just going to be dead except Mark Wahlberg, maybe. Right? Was but Mark Wahlberg you... the survivor at the end of The, the Departed? Yeah, he's yes. the one that shoots. <laughs> he's the even. only one that's alive. Yep. <laughs> I just, what a. This was his second, his first, his second movie. He's 27 years old, and he decides to end his movie, his studio film, with Mark Wahlberg just whipping out a, like, 15-inch penis. Like, I mean, 
It worked. Just, yeah. <laughs> it was a prosthetic. I looked it up. <laughs> I'm going to assume. I had to, I had to assume like, that that was a prosthetic. I was like, I need to know. Is Mark Wahlberg I, I need to know. I, I, I heard it on a podcast. I didn't search the internet for it. But, yeah. I, I, uh, so now we've talked about all three of them. Which one? Let's rank them. I know my best. <laughs> oh, hang on. We didn't do best shot for the master either. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, there was a shot where he was in a room and then was called away and like it lingered there where he like walked, it was on the boat and he walked out the door and like they continued to linger on him, like walking through this hallway on the boat. That was like the thing that really stuck out to me. Oh, I enjoyed the first, um, interaction between the, the first time they do the processing on the boat between the both of them really good, acting. good we need to do a better really job of like remembering these are the questions <laughs> yeah. to ask. maybe we should like, like pinpoint these are questions to ask at the end of each movie yeah we, we need it we'll get better we're still working process um i like i just really like the single shot of when he's like i think he's like really drunk hammered and like laying at the top um, of the boat that was and they're like trying to throw thing. a banana at him yeah that's a super good shot yeah that is i, I like how the movie opens just with the shot with of him the, jerking the, off in the ocean <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> the ocean uh behind the boat just like the the waves, the waves. yeah that is very aesthetically really pleasing cool. for sure um uh so drew you said you know so what rank them just from your number one from fun from okay this is an old list only because two hours ago this was my list but it's 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 after talking with you guys it's making me question it i think boogie nights is number one because i just i thought it was super fun i loved watching it it was great I was going to say there will be blood, but I honestly think the master really? I think is the most middle. I, I do. I'm very curious about I just the whole like mind opening, like this is unreliable. He's not well. And this is from his perspective makes me want to go back, back, back and watch it. Like I'm a sucker for a, a psychological film like Shutter Island. For like, sure. I, I Dude, I re- Shutter Island, I rewatched. That movie fucking rules. It's great. I love yeah, that movie. Way more than movie. I initially thought. But this one is not yeah. like overtly, like this is completely, it's it's a hidden psychological it, movie it, it, and yeah, I really want to um, watch it. It displays itself as straightforward, for yeah. sure. It doesn't try to make you think it's not. The fact that that movie tricked me makes me more curious of it. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. And I hate to say it, but There Will Be Blood is least, but it's still good. I don't, it's still yeah, good. So, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that any of these movies are bad. No, they're like, all this, this is my order of them. For me, it's like, I think, and I've talked about this before, I don't know. I think I've talked about it with Tanner, but like, to me, there's a difference between like, what was my favorite or what was the best. And I, and I, I think the best movie that I saw was There Will Be Blood. I think that was the best cinematic achievement but I would rather watch Boogie Nights than that. Like, it's more fun to watch Boogie Nights, but I don't know if Boogie Nights is as good a movie as There Will Be Blood, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes um, perfect sense. I think so, at least. So I think in order of the best, I would go There Will Be Blood, Boogie Nights, and then The Master. And then in order of the ones I like to watch the most, it would be The Master. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know why. I don't insane. know why. I can't. I just can't. I can't stop watching it. Boogie Nights and then There Will Be Blood. Um, But like I said, these movies are all incredible. Um, And I think Paul Thomas Anderson is probably like the best, one of the best working directors out there. 
I don't so, know if he's better than before. T- I just so what's your at, official at ranking point, then? Yeah, I mean My before we, before we go on a little, well, hold on. Before we go on, are we gonna get like what we used to do, best, middleest, and worst? Like, is that what we're? I, gonna I think so, at? right? Okay. Yeah, I think that's what we should do. I I think. Okay. I think best. I would say there will be blood is is his best movie. So stark difference between Patrick and me here. Yeah, that's. I could have this thing, whole thing up by doing different. It's yeah. It's really we're close. gonna have to debate here. I, I, um, so. I, I and then my I, my I middle would be oh sorry yeah finishers yeah middle would be master and then boogie nights would be third which is crazy because I boogie nights was fucking awesome yeah mm-hmm. I, I at first when we were sitting down I was like I think I'm gonna say they there will be blood would be my favorite but it, I think it's boogie nights <laughs> yes <laughs> did you think I was gonna say the master fat. I was I was hoping no. I would have convinced one of you guys to do Pat, it. Rest easy that you have I think me as a convert and I think Tanner as well. Like, yeah, I mean, I definitely my, you I completely text... changed my opinion on. I will tell you that. Yes, that you you put, I probably you will put watch it again the master from least to middle for me. Like that's huge. You put uh, it above I'm... there will be blood for me. I'm that's fine. Super good. So right now it's boogie nights would then be. Yeah, I th- well, yeah, I'm going with Boogie Nights because yeah. where did you have Boogie Nights, Patrick? Where did he had it bottom? I had a third. Oof. Boogie Nights does do some. There are a couple weird things that like Paul Thomas Anderson probably wouldn't do now, where he like zooms in on like a person three times for some reason, and then when he like shows Dirk Diggler appearing in his mind, and it's like the the neon although lights. I did. I did like the the Dirk Diggler. The Dirk Diggler was was not bad, but like it did some like weird fade in stuff and out that I didn't love. I mean, he was twenty six when he made that movie, yeah. and now he's well. So he let's see, it was twenty three years made... ago, so yeah, he's forty nine now. Yeah, so he he's matured as a or he's he's an, a, matured as a filmmaker, so he's probably made different choices. What's your middle? Well, it's got to be There Will Be Blood. It's either, So it's one is either There Will Be Blood or Boogie Nights. And I am still, like, not completely convinced which So we, we are established that best is Boogie Nights, just out of two. I think so. Two I to think one. Because of me and you. So now it comes middle, down to middle and worst between Boogie Nights. Uh, well, Master. no, because... Oh, because Pat put There Will Be Blood as number one, but I put as number two, and you put as number three. I put, I put, put the master as... Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, two. Pat, what did you... Drew put the master as two. I put the master as two as well. Yeah, and I put it at the third. I'll write this down. So yeah. <laughs> I think... I don't know what the rules are because we're still figuring out the rules. But I think... if we're going off of what we've been doing, the real winner is what I said, <laughs> which is Boogie yeah. Nights, yeah. the master, yeah. and then there will be blood. Because it's just crazy. Two, it's two crazy to one, to Boogie Nights one. Two to one, the Master one, and then that leaves. Uh... Well, hang on. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out how do we well, score this. Are we waiting the, them? The Master didn't get a single number one vote. That's yeah, true. hang on. That's why. Oh, like, that's does does a number answer. one count for more? So hang on, I'm writing this down. So a number one counts for three points. A number yeah. two counts for two points. Number three. So Boogie Nights got two number ones and a one. Uh, the Master got two number twos. And a one, right? Okay. Yep. And then there will be blood. Got three, two, and one. So what does that add up to? So that's six. Six. That's six. So there's a tie between <laughs> there will be blood and the master, <laughs> and it's seven points for boogie nights. So now, if I would switch to the master uh, or to 
there will be blood. So that would put there that will be over blood. The there will be blood was nominated for eight Academy Awards. I don't, and it made seventy six point two million. I don't. I don't know if this stuff can play into it though, Patrick. It's all about yeah, our true. gut feeling. Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's a tie, right? Yeah, I I will argue the master again for like middle. I don't know. Uh, I. <laughs> I don't know. Like we we I I just I just don't know if I could I just don't know if we could say that there will be blood is his, is his worst worst out of these three. Yeah, and I'm it just seems, to... it All seems... right, then let me make my let me make my argument I guess for the master as number 2 and you guys or between you two can make there will be blood. Like I guess maybe that's the way to do it. And if you guys can think of like we we did this before. We did this with the Halloween and um night um yeah, nightmare. Uh, someone tried to argue with it, and if anyone could think of any good points, they would chime in. Um, it's trying to keep it as impartial okay. as possible. I would say the master has, in the the two hours that we talked, the master has really come around to me. <laughs> I think this movie should not be viewed in a very literal sense as I was choosing to view it when I watched it. That was a complete mistake. This movie should be viewed as like someone uh, through the mind of someone who is clearly mentally unstable. And in viewing and in, in in keeping that in mind, it makes you question everything that's going on. And that is something I'm completely on board with. That is Shutter Island. That is uh, Memento. Um, all those movies that make me question the, what's going the, on. The, the unreliable narrator. The unreliable narrator. Yeah. I Philip Seymour Hoffman, Joaquin Phoenix knocked it out of the park for me. Even Amy Adams did a great job. I no one did a bad job in this movie. I don't think. I, I, I just I, it's it's let really it you, really has to do with. Let me ask you a question, Drew. Okay. Do you think that Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance was better than Daniel Day Lewis's? I don't. I don't. Because I've thought about that. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's. I see. I I don't know if it is, but it's it's like closer than it's very different characters maybe they aren't because they're both people who like power and like controlling people i i think i enjoyed daniel day lewis's performance more than philip seymour hoffman but i really liked philip seymour hoffman in this plus the thing to consider is philip seymour hoffman isn't really the main focus of this movie it's joaquin phoenix so really it's more accurate to like tee him up against joaquin in which, in which case, case, I think Daniel, Daniel Day Lewis, Lewis was much better. Yeah. So either way, <laughs> um, Daniel yeah. Day Lewis. So I guess I if it's just, not I... if it's not down the cast, really the big, the biggest thing I can bring home is that this movie, this movie, Patrick, it makes you keep wanting to come back. It's making me wanting to go back. I would rather, I think, on a very. I'm good with it. I'm fine with the master being. But yeah, I, if you guys want to talk about, or if you have any other points for the master before we move on to talking about why. Look. I was the biggest cheerleader for the master on this when this pot started, so I can't I can't bail now. Why the master okay. made me uncomfortable a lot. It did. <laughs> it's because you're mentally weak. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I know, I'm just giving you shit. Does anyone want to talk about there will be blood as number two? I just think it's it's a towering achievement in film. I just think the way it's shot, the way it looks, the score, the performance, it just it just seems like you said like when you watch it you knew you were watching something special yeah that, that would be my and argument. i didn't get yeah. that with the master it's just like i think cinematographer 
the cinematography in it is better. That's definitely great in the master too, but I think it is just better. And there will be able to set pieces are more amazing on what's going on. I think Daniel day Lewis's performance puts it over the top. Um, like to the point where, I mean, I like it, depending on what day I might say, it's better. I actually think it's better than boogie nights, but I think, Part of us, I did just watch Boogie Nights, and I was riding that high. Like I watched it half an hour before. What a high! It's a very good. It's like, yeah, it's a fantastic watch. You know, I'm fine with either one. I think. I think ultimately you are the tiebreaker here, Patrick. I think both of us feel strongly about one. I guess it. I think in in 30 years, when they look back at films, I, I just think the. I think there will be blood. Will be regarded. In a, in a similar way that like the Godfather is, okay, that's, that that's what I believe. Pick pick and your you favorite. Did, you pick did your pick favorite child. Your one. <laughs> yeah, I think you it's, did. I think there will. Be I think one. a number one maybe weighs a little more than a number two, two. Is how we should maybe could look at it. I don't know, but I mean it's it's incredibly close. It's razor thin. The margin. Anyone listening to this, like watch the master. It's it's, it's like, so. I also watch it and yeah, have an open mind and like look for the psychological things yeah, like that. Good. That makes it's, it a much different film. All these movies are really good. So, yes. Um, okay, so that's what did you, Boogie Nights Best, uh, Master Worst, blood. and There Will Be Blood as <laughs> mediocre. Still, still feels so weird. So relative. Yeah, like, I mean, these yes. are all All three of these movies are This is like picking, like, we picked uh, Interstellar as Nolan's worst, and that's still. Interstellar's a good fucking movie. Nolan, yeah, Nolan and, has just bangers every time. I can't wait yeah. to see Tenet. Cannot. Yeah. To just release it on fucking. We'll we'll just, do our review of Tenet um, as a special. That could be a, that could be a special little thing. Uh, so now we got to do. So next time our... we're going to be covering Stanley Kubrick. Yes. The Cubes. Kubrick. Um, and we got to pick our three movies. Um, we haven't decided who's going to go first. Who wants to pick? I would say first? I think it would be fun, P- Patrick. This was kind of your baby. I think you should go first. You think you should go first or last? I think you should go I first. I want to go. Ooh, I think if first? it's someone's brainchild, Ooh. if this is someone's baby, they should be the one to go first. Okay. That gives okay. us opportunity to throw some curveballs in because that's what I want to do. <laughs> I, I'm pulling up his filmography right now, so I make sure I know all of them. This is a tough decision because I, uh, I could pick one that I haven't seen, or I could pick the one that I want to talk about most. I think, I mean, part I'm of the opportunity pick... is to pick ones we haven't seen and stuff, but also, like, I, I can see a lot of um, value in, like, the one you want to discuss the most. I'm yeah. going to pick it's, the one it, that it comes I want down to discuss the most, and that is, that is a Clockwork Orange Ooh. for me. Have you guys seen a Clockwork Orange? No, yes. but I, that was one of, uh, one of the ones that I was going to maybe pick if no one had picked it. Or the oh, I could pick a different one. If you want to do that one, no, I no, nope. I've, I've, I've got, I've got what I want to pick. Okay, okay, you go, All Drew. Right. Then, if you know, um, well, the thing that I am looking at though is how feasible is this movie to watch? Well, name it, and then we can see if it's doable. I want to watch Doctor Strange Love. Okay. So you do want to get real weird with it. I want to get weird with it. I want to watch Doctor Strange Love. I've seen 2001. I've seen... I haven't seen 2001. See, I haven't seen that either. Okay, well, I mean, you you could. And I think I'm going to pick 2001, because I've it's... seen The Shining. And, like, I would love to discuss it with you guys, but maybe I'll save it for next October and make you guys 
discuss it with me then or something. I just Pat and I have talked about The Shining a shitload too, so I've I've I haven't fully seen The Shining all the way through. I will admit that, but um, but what I, were your choices, Tanner? So which one are you picking? I'm picking Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey because I've never seen it, and I know I just need to. I think it's a rite of passage as someone who lo- loves movies. So we are picking a movie that was made in 1964. 1968 and 1971. Okay, you can yeah, you can row. rent or buy Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned, Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. You can you yeah. you can rent that on Prime. So okay. we're good. The other so two I'm not each, worried about. No, we each picked one that we haven't seen. I, well, I've seen Strange Love and Clockwork Orange, but I haven't seen Space Odyssey. So and I, I have seen, seen Space Odyssey or Strange Love. I have seen Space Odyssey and I haven't seen the other two. Space Odyssey, uh, I'm so... I well, I saw Space Odyssey in 2013, and it, it's... I can't wait to talk about that movie. If it's as... What's your... What was your second pick, Tanner? Uh, the Shining. I was leaning towards maybe doing The Shining, honestly, just because I, I really want to discuss it, but it's also, like, I don't think necessary. Or, uh... Fuck, he did Full Metal Jacket, too. Yeah, I was but, thinking I mean, about Full Metal those. Jacket. I was also thinking about doing Fear and Desire because it was his deck directorial debut and it's apparently like uh you can also rent it online so i was gonna do eyes wide shut yeah i would say that that was another one i was looking at that like i've never seen it i've heard very mixed things about it but a lot of a lot of weird here's the thing that that we maybe haven't really talked about but it's definitely something we can do on this podcast we're both taking three out of someone's filmographies that leaves the door open for us to return to pta we can definitely do a part two and like do a part two yeah, we could easily return to both these directors easily. Yeah, especially because I thought I was watching Phantom Thread, but I wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> Phantom Thread's good. It's really good. <laughs> I gotta wait till we do it. Uh, so yeah, I want to watch Doctor. So li- list them excited. one more time. So if any listener so does want to watch them, before we are the going next to do uh, Doctor Strange Love, two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, and A Clockwork Orange. These are gonna be bizarre. It's gonna be a trippy episode. This is gonna be very trippy. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's uh, that's it. Do you think? Do you think a lot of people talk about Kubrick's movies, or is he pretty? I think we'll be the first one to do it. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a lot of people know him or recognize him as the greatest filmmaker of all time. Yeah. Um. Should do you want me to thank Brett for the art? Yeah. Uh, thanks to Brett Jacobson who did the art for our podcast of us fighting each other with different film equipment. Yeah. And there's Easter eggs in it or something, I think, in the art that we had him put in. Uh, Brett once ran a cult. That's a fun fact about him. Yeah. <laughs> Carl, speaking of cults, yeah, Carl was a member of that cult. Uh, Carl <laughs> J. Sorensen did the music for our podcast. Um, if you want to check him out, uh, go to carljsorensen.com. He's happy to help you out. He... Uh, um, he, he'll compose themes for you. He, uh, does sound editing. He'll, he'll make you sound good. He'll, he'll, he'll do whatever. Um, he's done mobile games. He's, he's done movies, I think. Um, yeah. Indie film. Yeah. Yeah. An indie film. Um, yeah. Good guy to know. Carl J. Um, I guess that's, that's it. Um, we're done talking PTA. Thank that's you, Patrick. A- um, so that's, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. PTA. That's a wrap. All right. That's a wrap. Okay. This is my son, H.W. <laughs> <laughs>